Hello, welcome to Playthrough, episode four of the Community Play Along podcast, where bright young things talk about modern and middle age games. And we are here with Disco Elysium Part One. And the bright young things joining me are Mads Christensen. Hardcore to the mega. Hardcore to the mega. <laughs> <laughs> Andy Gilmore, the last king of Scotland, how are you? Indeed, very well. Hi, everybody. Hello. And Jim Middleton, how are you, Jim? Oh, good, thank you. You? Are we all RPG'd out, been rolling our dice? Yep. Enjoying ourselves? It's kind whole. of. Yes. <laughs> are we all good? Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah, thank thanks, mate. All good, yep, yep. And we're, we're ready to talk some Disco Elysium. Very ready. Lots of it, yep. So... I plan to get straight into it because there is one hell of a lot to cover with this game. And we will have more time next time, I feel, because I actually think that we've played pretty much up to the end of the game. But that's my fault because I was the one who set the milestone point. Hmm. So I want to just go straight into it, guys. And maybe next time we can do some of the more chatty stuff. So without further ado, Disco Elysium. The game published and developed by... Zaum Studio. Is it Zaum? I think it is. Yeah, Anybody got yeah. any advance on Zaum? I think Works that's how I'd pronounce it, yeah. Yeah, Matt, you're normally good at stuff like this. How would you pronounce it? I've got no idea because it's uh, it's CA or ZA and then a slash and UM. So, so does that mean we can choose? Is it Za or UM or got no idea? Zaum. I think there is a story behind it, but I don't know what it is. Mm. But I've read interviews and watched interviews with Robert Kervitz and he definitely seems to pronounce it Zaum. Hmm. So I'm going with Zaum and it will be Zaum forevermore. Released for on Steam in 2019 on October the 15th, later on the Mac and it, the final cut version is coming to consoles and the free upgrade for existing owners on Steam and Mac, I assume, later this year. I think it comes out in March, doesn't it, guys? Yeah. End of March? Yeah. Around then, I believe, yeah. Um, and we'll probably talk a little bit more later about what, what stuff is going to be added to that, because it does seem like a decent package. An Estonian, largely Estonian studio, Zaum, led by Robert Kervitz, who is a very charismatic guy, and if anyone hasn't watched any interviews with him or read what he has to say, do so, because he, he is an interesting chap. He's got quite the history. Started off as, an, as, as a... He was in a band, an Estonian rock band which didn't do very well he then wrote a novel which is actually set in the same world as disco elysium fascinating stuff but it's never been translated into english and it didn't do very well for poor old mr kervitz it sold less than a thousand copies and he spiraled into a period of depression and alcoholism one would think that our uh, our our detective may well have come out of that he's a big rp tabletop rpg pen and paper rpg fan and in one of his uh, low bouts, he did have this idea of a video game, a, a, a CRPG, computer RPG video game, set in the same world of his novel. He then met lead artist Alexander Rostov, and they started talking about what, what the game could look like. And really, it went from there. Incredibly, most of the people in Zaum have no experience of making video games. How about that? Mm. Maybe we could make one. <laughs> there's, well, there's plenty of uh, like software packages out there, and even on the Switch where you can uh, dive in and 
and and start sort of messing around with code and that these days. I was also going to be facetious and say there's maybe a couple of points in the game that point to the fact they've never made a video game either, but uh, on the Ouch. Whole. <laughs> Ouch. <Yep. laughs> Gilmore goes low yeah. straight away. Oh, well, yeah, that, that makes it all the more impressive in that case. <laughs> yeah, they had virtually no experience at making video games. This is the, f- the first they've made. And depending on your mileage with the game, it's either an incredible feat or I wish they'd stayed away. And we might hear some opinions on that spectrum here. It was incredibly well-received, critically acclaimed, featured in lots of Game of the Year lists for 2019, won some Game of the Year awards. But I never played it, and I know that you guys didn't. So let me come to Jim first. Mm. Jim, were you aware of it? Did Did you think about picking it up? I was aware of it. Uh, mainly through other podcasts that I've listened to. Um, some of the people on those podcasts have played it and raved about it. I knew of it, that it was up for all sorts of awards in, in 2019 um, and, and won Game of the Year awards. Um, from what I'd heard about it, it's not it's not gen- generally the sort of game that I would tend to pick up and, uh, and go out of my way to play. You're not an RPG fan? I'm an RPG fan. Um, but more, I'd say probably say more of like the JRPG t- than than what what this sort of represents. Yeah, I'd say same. Yeah, yeah. So not one that you naturally gravitated to. No, you were aware of no. the hype around her at the no. time. Yeah. What about you, Mads? Did you know of it? Nope, nope, never heard of it at all. Um, Seriously, was completely off my radar. Yeah, so this was uh, something new and fresh for me. So, so, so diving into his background, that uh, Kurvitz guy, he's uh, he's half Finnish, I think. So, so Karelian as well. Uh, Karelia right, is, of yeah. course, that big area of land that's uh, shared by Finland and Russia today. Uh, so, I, I definitely Matt see some of those roots there in, in the storytelling. Yeah, I, I did. I didn't know. I did know he was Estonian Karelian, but I didn't know what that Karelian thing. I was very ignorant. So that's ah, what it is. So yeah, yeah. I've I've uh, worked in in Finland for for a while, and I, I do like my uh, my black metal. So uh, I, I do know a, a bit of it. So for example, uh, Karelian Isthmus is one of my favorite uh, amorphous albums. So uh, I, I do know that area. <laughs> He's a fascinating guy, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Indeed. Yeah. He's a very very clever guy, and he, that comes across in interviews. Yeah. He can certainly write a million words in this game, guys. There are <laughs> one million words in the script, and he wrote. So most I, I of believe them. it. The only problem is that only like a fraction of them are important. But we'll get to that later. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think I've seen every one of them as well. Yeah, <laughs> more twice, <laughs> right? <laughs> Andy, were you aware of it when it came out? No, I guess more somewhere between Jim and Mads, really, where I had seen the name but each time just glossed over it because it's not I think in the articles I saw it being referred to or if it was in like a game of the year type article then I I knew that because it wasn't one that I was aware of that it probably wasn't one that I was interested in if that makes sense Um, it didn't I hadn't seen it pop up in any magazines or online as being the sort of game that I would anytime that I saw articles about games that I liked it wasn't there, so I thought it must be a different type of game. Um, so, yeah, aware of it, but didn't ever make any effort to, to find out what it was about. And mm. uh, I guess it's one that, similar to Jim, just not one that I would gravitate towards normally. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 
Me, I was, I think I said this on our welcome show, that I first played this back in, like at EGX Res, it must have been 2018, in the in the spring of 2018, and I'm pretty sure Robert Kerbitz was there presenting the game at the booth, and I'm absolutely gutted now, because I wish I could go back, having now played most of it, and just because I'd have so many questions for him, but I was immediately grabbed by this detective RPG tagline that it comes with and I I only had a brief go because you know what it's like in these things yeah. crowds of people standing around and you feel under pressure as soon as you wait for ages to get on something and then you feel immediately under pressure to get off it again yeah but I was very intrigued by the by the look of it and the way it described itself as a narrative RPG I would describe it, and Mads I know is going to challenge me on this, but I would describe it as a hybrid RPG adventure. Now, I, I suspect Mads may well challenge me. It is an RPG first and foremost. It's a very system-heavy RPG. There are visible and invisible dice rolls going on practically all the time as you play the game. Most of them you don't see. We will come on to talk about the checks in a second. But I say hybrid adventure game because in this game there is no combat in the in the traditional sense of the word as one would be familiar with if you if you look at the game you immediately think Baldur's Gate Planescape Torment mm. that kind of thing actually Robert Kerbitz has said more recently that as time has gone on he's actually felt it's more similar to Fallout the original Fallout in the way it portrays a world that has gone disastrously wrong rather than Planescape Torment. I haven't played Planescape Torment, but from what I've read about Planescape Torment, amnesiac protagonist wakes up even half naked on a cold floor. I think that is, that's the start of Planescape Torment. I think narratively it takes its cues from Planescape Torment. But you navigate the world, it's mouse-driven, you, you, you wander around, you talk to a lot of people, and you have dice rolls going on all the time and you you play through the story and that really mad you're you're very good at summarizing the game i think that's pretty much about it isn't it in a in a very small nutshell yeah it is it is and and definitely the part about you talk to a lot of people that's the only thing you do in this game you talk to things <laughs> as well you, you don't pick up things you talk to them or you talk to yourself and that maybe that leads to you picking it up so it's it's all one big dialogue so sure. should we go into the whole uh, categorization or classification right now? Because uh, I definitely yeah. do, agree, do, do agree that this is an RPG of sorts. Uh, the adventure game? Hmm, probably not for me because an adventure game would, would mean that you had puzzles. Yeah. And there's not a single puzzle in this game. This game is never... You're never in doubt about what you're supposed to do. You there, There's never anything... Uh, I mean, we'll get into the hint system or the lockbook later on, I guess. But uh, mm. this is a visual novel. It's not a bad one, but it's a visual novel for me. It's just, it's going through the motions, going through the environment, talking to everybody, figuring out that talking to this guy probably led me to open a new dialogue option somewhere else, but but really not even figuring that out because if you go into your lock where it says what you're supposed to do, it, it doesn't just say, hey, maybe you open something. It says, hey, go to A and uh, find B and talk about C. Yeah. So so it's a visual novel, and you're you're guided, you're taken by the hand around this story, but it it it's, that that doesn't make it a bad game at all. But it's just it's no adventure game for me. It, it's a it's an RPG slash visual novel, and it's a good one. So, 
The first of many times I'm going to say that I disagree. <laughs> <laughs> and that's fair enough, mate. <laughs> but where I disagree, I, I agree with you, it doesn't have puzzles. Where I was getting at with the adventure thing is that it doesn't have combat either. So with an True. adventure game, you you I mean you could argue that some of the some of the conversations are combat in inverted commas because you have to almost win a battle to get to the end goal of the conversation. There's no traditional RPG combat here. You play through a story yes. much like you would in an adventure. Where I disagree on the visual novel front is that this is a heavily for me anyway, in my opinion, it is a heavily mechanized game there are mechanics really crunchy rpg mechanics really traditional in some ways rpg Mm. mechanics going on all the time there are constant constant dice rolls and what you say and what you do in the world massively influences the conversations that you have with others if it was a visual novel it would be completely linear a to b oh no oh, no 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 now now we're getting into research territory here i, I feel like uh, defending my phd thesis like 10 12 years ago uh, this is hypertext <laughs> mate it was uh, invented sometime in the 70s by uh, engelbart i think doc engelbart uh, so so we've just gone away from the whole linear novel for like a long 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 time ago the best uh, the best uh, um like text adventure games they they're not called text adventure games anymore they're called what do you call it interactive fiction yeah the best interactive fiction novels are like this it's not a linear thing anymore you can actually have branching paths you can have stuff that that affect other parts of the game and and, and still it's it's still just a story being told um i mean the, the, the whole- conversations wouldn't change depending on what skills your character had though would they well, that's true but that would they they would uh, uh, change depending on other factors like uh, what kind of credentials do you have what kind of level of uh, of uh, access do you have so that's just actually just the same isn't it just some numbers going up and down dep- deciding whether you can go left or right or or straight ahead right here so uh, no 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 that's, this is still just storytelling for me it's really good storytelling and I love the fact that there are many ways through the story and that the, the different we'll get to this when we talk about the story because I'm sure that the four of us have had completely different experiences with lots of things in this story and that, that's the beauty of it really mm. but it's still I mean to me especially because there's no puzzling nothing you can be uncertain about and no real way of doing anything wrong it's still just storytelling, right? It's still, still just taking me through a beautifully told story. There are there are deaths in it, though. Yeah, so there are. No, yeah, you can't do anything. But, wrong, but you but need you need to seek them out. I find, but I'm, I'm looking forward to hearing about mm. your experiences with it because I, I died once, <laughs> and that was on purpose. I tried to die like a handful of times, and I couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Andy, how would you classify it? I, I would. I wish I could speak to somebody who had experience with pen and paper RPGs, but I don't. No. But mm. I imagine that this is a pen and paper RPG put on a computer with a good, a good. Uh, what do they call them? Games master. What yeah, game master. Yeah. So I, I played lots of those back in the day. But it's been many, many years. Yeah, it's it's pretty much like that. Yeah, but if you had a really good game master that could like alter the the story while you were going through mm. it, yeah, yeah. Sorry, Andy. I asked you a question and then started talking. Uh, it's not important, but it's fun. What, what do you? I mean, what do you think for somebody who's not a massive RPG and adventure game player? Yeah. Do you look at this game as an RPG, as an adventure, as a visual novel, as a pile of rubbish, as a as a feat of uh, incredible 
nature no first and foremost i have to be absolutely honest and on the whole i can say that i i actually enjoyed this game i think there's some flaws in it that probably soured my experience a little bit but um i want you to relax chris i feel like it would be setting fire to your childhood teddy bear in front of you if i said i uh, <laughs> that i hated crpgs or whatever we're going to call it i am probably the wrong person to ask because it's not my background really i guess with games um i would say the closest games that i've played and ones i've really enjoyed and it's funny that you mentioned it so one of my all-time favorite games is fallout 3 i haven't played any of the earlier ones in this series but there's quite a few parallels the way that this world looks and feels feels very very similar to what it does in fallout 3 the other one which i think as you know because we've talked about it is final fantasy 7 they are really kind of the main ones that i've gone to and have spent a lot of time and have replayed multiple times beyond that um the only other one that i've played that's in any way comparable is and it's a very different type of game again but if we're just talking more from the point and click side of things is thimbleweed park and that's that's really it other than that these are just not the type of games that i play so i guess i i would be the wrong person to give it a, a classification if you like but at the same time it's kind of immaterial to me in the sense that I can just play this game and take it for what it is I, because it's I, I wouldn't look at it and say it's a, a CRPG or a JRPG I don't know what quite a lot of these terms mean to be honest in terms of actually if you were to, <laughs> if you were to properly try and pigeonhole a game so I just come in and I think probably with each one of those there's you maybe come into it with some preconceptions so mm-hmm. if you think if somebody said to you oh you need to play this it's a JRPG then right away you've, you've got some expectations as to what you're going to find in that game and what and, and what you want to find in that game whereas with this one I thought yeah it's, it's a game that I I wouldn't say that I've actively avoided that type of game but it's a game that I just don't normally play so i came into it just very open-minded and just kind of took each thing as it came to me really tried to my best to muddle my way through it at times and work out what was going on and how i needed to get through each part but i think you'd said beforehand and i think it was possibly in the discord group there was a couple of articles that you'd linked to that had yeah. some kind of top 10 tips that were yeah. worth reading i didn't actually and then i think you put immediately afterwards but some people have said that the less you know the better so i thought fine I'm just going to go into it because it's a new genre in some respects for me. I'm just going to go in completely blind and see what happens. And the one thing I would take away from this more than anything else, it was a real quite heartening for me, I think, in the sense that I've always viewed these types of games as being maybe quite cerebral or quite highbrow, quite verbose, quite wordy, all this sort of stuff. And I know that this is probably the wrong type of game to this game is not a good example of those types of games. But at the same time, it's one that I would have written off because I thought that is what this game is. But actually, if you... I I think it maybe shows how my gaming habits have changed over the years where I think maybe if I'd played this game or tried to play this game 10, 15 years ago, there's just not a chance I would have stuck with it. But uh, because of where I'm at and maybe the types of experiences and how I want to play at the moment... I, I think that it was kind of finally at 39 years of age, I feel that I'm I'm ready for this type of game and, and I actually really enjoyed it. Good. Interesting you say that about the whole intellectual challenge of coming to a game like this. Robert Kervitz says in a couple of his interviews that one of the things he was asked about randomly on social media was, do you need to have an IQ of 200 to play this game? <laughs> you definitely don't. You definitely don't. <laughs> no. you definitely don't. And he said he I, found I, I would even such- challenge that there is a challenge here. Yeah, it might be in the low 30s somewhere, I think, and I managed it. So <laughs> it's, 
that that's exactly what he said, Matt, is that actually this is they they set out to create something which was very, very accessible. Yeah. This game is about the 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 art, yeah. you know, the, the visual art, the sound, the story. It's about the it's storytelling, not- isn't it? That, it's, that's why I call it a, a visual yeah. novel. It, it just dawned on me actually why I classify it as that and not a an adventure game. The the thing I love most about adventure games is feeling clever. I mean, when you finally fix, you, you figure out that if I pick that thing up and use it over there and I can kind of like combine it with this item and all of a sudden you have a rubber chicken with a pulley in it and you get over to the island and visit Meat Hook, right? Um, that, that's the stuff that makes me love adventure games. And this is completely yeah, missing here. In your brain, it, it, there's it, yeah. never a point in this, in this game where I feel like, wow, I did this because I was clever. Never, never. It's just, I'm going through the motions and I'm going through a story. And that's why I call it a visual novel instead of an adventure game. Not even when you combined your leopard print coat with your <laughs> no. Your arm Actually, we'll, we'll, your I'm sure we'll get to the wardrobe and we'll get to the uh, the the skill system later on. But for me, we will. both the wardrobe and the skill system were just in the way in this game. They were just a nuisance, really. The the story yeah. was where it's at. Yeah, definitely. It's not. A, it's okay. not the gameplay loop that keeps you coming back. It's the no, and and, yeah. and actually, the whole the whole thing with the skills and the the ridiculous stuff with the clothes, it just it brings me totally out of the of the moment. I mean, for example, we at some point we sing the karaoke, right? So yeah, yeah. I, I go into this bar. I need to sing the karaoke, and and I I, I like to role play when I play this stuff. So I'm in character. This is good. I'm going there. I'm this this rough detective, and all of a sudden, I need to. Take off all of my clothes. Have take put on what is it a kimono or whatever some flamboyant clothes instead because otherwise I won't be able to roll the dice right to actually sing this song. Just totally destroys the game loop yeah. for me there because the storytelling just kind of takes a backseat to this silly little RPG like mechanic instead. Yeah. So, Kind of, kind of destroys it for me instead of doing anything good. And the same with the skill system. The, the what have we got? Umpteen different skills that we can put points into to to move to get stuff to move forward. Yeah. Uh, it, uh, let, let's let's talk. Sorry, Jim. Let let let's go on to talking about the character. Then I'm going to bring you in now, Jim, because I want to come to you first. So the first thing we do in this game is that we we build a character, and we or we don't or we select one of the presets. Now let's just remind ourselves what we went with because we all did this slightly differently yep. Jim remind me which was yours oh I can't remember which one it was called now it was um, the bruiser wasn't it like the physical yeah the, the uh, powerful one was he called or something like that I think yeah I think physical something I think like it was called. physical yeah because yeah. that's yeah. the one I wanted and that was why that's why I know it <laughs> <laughs> yeah so did you can you remember what your starting stats were for the four main there's four main stats you've got intelligence psyche physique and motorics can you remember what your starting numbers were? No. Um, and to be honest with you, I know you mentioned... Um, uh, so before we started, you gave us uh, some um, some background reading if you wanted. You put it up on the on the Discord and said, you know, sort yeah. of read, read through this. And, I, um, and it, it sort of tells you a bit more about each of these checks that are going to be going on, your stats and, and, and all these things that are going on in the background. And and I read these, and to be honest, it just it confused me. Um, I'd yeah, I'd got all this sort of text on the screen. I'd trying to make sense of all these things that would be going on in the background, and in the end, yeah, I just I threw it away and just started playing. 
yeah, yeah. Okay, I can. I'll come on to my little take on that in a second. But I, I thought it might just help work out what a lot of these things because. I mean, some of these. Let's let, let's okay. Let's let's dive into the skills, and then we'll go around and talk what 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 we all what we all did. So, as as I've just said, there are four broad categories of skills in this game. You've got a set of six intellectual skills, six psyche skills, six physique skills, and six motoric skills. Now, I'm not going to go. We let's not go through all of them because some of them are quite obvious: logic, empathy. Rhetoric. I think we can all probably work out that if you high ha- if you have high logic, you're going to be able to piece things together. If you have high endurance, you're going to be able to endure a bit of punishment and a bit of pain. So some of them are quite obvious. Some of them are less obvious. And this is one of the points I think again, second time, take a drink, where I disagree with Mads. I love this stuff. I love it. I spent about two hours creating my character. Because I loved the description of some of these skills. Let's take some of the less obvious ones. Inland Empire. Now, you would never know what Inland Empire means at the start of this game. It's your ability to talk to things, really. To hear a personality in an inanimate object. And you you, you see it straight away almost in the game with the horrific necktie. And that starts talking to you when it's swinging from the from the fan in your room. But you, throughout the game, things will talk to you, and you will get your inland empire thing. If if it's high enough, the stats high enough, it will flash up, and whatever you're trying to interact with will talk to you, and you will hear this voice inside you saying, "Oh, that fridge there is is really mocking you." I think it's it, I I love that stuff, and the descriptions of these skills when you're creating your character are really vivid. And I think really well written. I spent hours. Visual calculus is another favourite one of mine. This is basically your Sherlock ability. Your ability to look at a scene and deduce almost straight away what's happened. Within the game, there are a couple of fantastic moments, I think, where if you have a high visual calculus skill, you will see things like the reconstruction of a car crash. Did you guys get that yep. overlay of the screen of the the way the car crashed when Harry's Is, police car crashed? Yeah. No, no, I didn't. No. So visual calculus was one of my lowest skills. Yeah. So, so no. <laughs> so, so exactly to what you're what you're saying right now, Chris. You you love that stuff, don't you think that if you, for example, if you hadn't seen the car crash, if you'd missed lots and lots of details, knowing that you'd missed lots and lots of details in this nice storytelling. But you didn't have to if you just didn't have to play this numbers game, but just wanted to tell you the good story. Wouldn't that be better? Yeah, but isn't that the point of an RPG, though? Yeah, but I mean, yeah, RPG, again, but this have, doesn't feel like an stats. RPG. This is I, I'm being told but it is that I'm being told a huge story here, a, a visual novel, and I, I there's no way in hell I'm gonna play it once more to see it as the physical kind of guy because it takes too long and and. Let's face it, 90% of the stuff I read is damn boring. The 10% is really, really, really good. <laughs> really good. Yeah. And it's a wonderful story being told. And I loved the the the, the visual calculations. I, I was the thinker. I, I, I chose the thinker. And and I have yeah. all of I've I, I've gotten all of those uh, story expositions that that some of you probably haven't got then. Because whenever I look at stuff, I understand it and and I can analyze it and I've got high logic and all of that. And I love that. That's the most beautiful part of the storytelling. I wouldn't want to play it without it. Yeah. Yeah. I, 
I think what you what you've just described then is why this isn't a visual novel yeah. because the game will morph around your character build. Now yes, there are ways in which there are ways in which you can nerf that and you can fudge it, and there are ways in which you can boost the skills that you start off pretty low, so you can get pretty much a jack of all trades. And I think that's probably a problem with all RPGs mm, that yeah. you could end up. You can end up min-maxing. This, with this, it's not as bad in this because you can never grind for experience as, as mm. poor, poor old mm. Dandy found out to his <laughs> detriment. But, but there are ways, for instance, you know, my character build was four on intellect, four on psyche, and I wasn't quite brave enough to go with a one, which is the worst that you can start with on the, on the physical stuff. Mm. So I ended up going for two on the physique and two on the motorics. But at some point in the game, I drank the Gorosy Brew, which is the strong alcohol that the chef in the kitchen of the Whirling is making for the dock workers. Mm. Yep. And it boosted my physique stats by three. <laughs> so I ended up with actually a higher base physique stat of five than my intellect and psyche stats, which, yeah, was a bit of a shame. But where I do agree with Mads, and I want to hear what Andy thinks in a minute, but where I do agree with Mads is... Certainly, I think the more interesting skills are in the are, are on the thinky side. It, the likes of visual calculus, yeah, exactly. uh, rhetoric, yeah. drama, mm. encyclopedia, which flashes up every now and again with some knowledge about the world. They are, for me, the stuff that kind of adds stuff to this game. Yeah. I feel less passionate about the likes of pain threshold. Electrochemistry is fun, yeah, because that <laughs> is basically his desire to just go and blow himself out with a load of drinking drugs maybe not as fun as some of the more thinky stuff Andy what was your character what was your base so I had the sensitive build which I think probably if I was to have if I was just to take this game at face value get to the opening screen have your four choices right away clearly I would never have gone for the build your own and then I think the one that I normally which is true of any game that I play, I tend to go for the the, the most physical yeah. character, if you like, and so that would have been the one that I would have naturally gravitated towards, and the one that I think I would have been most comfortable with, if anything, because it generally means that you can just take the front door approach to everything, where you don't need to be particularly subtle, yeah. you don't need to be particularly wordy about things. There's usually just uh, let your fists do the talking type thing, and <laughs> uh, it tends to uh, it tends to take some of the the more nuanced stuff out of it. But uh, I'm just looking at the base stats. So the sensitive base stats are one for intellect, uh, which wow. caused me all sorts of problems throughout the game. And now I guess it would have been the same because there'll be stats that I was very high in that you guys wouldn't have been, that it would have limited you. But where you were talking there about really getting into all the detail and how much you enjoyed that, my I think each build has then got a key stat as well, doesn't it? And mine was yeah. Inland Empire, so I, I think, to be honest, I was just confused by the whole thing because so I had one for intellect, five for psyche, four for physique, and two for motorics. So almost the exact opposite of how I would normally play a game and what I would want my character yeah, to yeah. be. And as I say, my key skill was inland empire. So the ones that I was strongest with were things like, or and it ultimately became, were things like uh, empathy, authority. Um, esprit de corps, suggestion, yeah. all the ones that really kind of relied on you 
kind of manipulating and using your using your using your head rather than your hands, unfortunately, which was a wee bit tricky. <laughs> um, so it was, yeah. I, I think for for me, it was the case that I was just I, I started the game confused from the off and then I think probably yeah. when you actually just even and I thought when I looked when I got past the, the, the initial screen and then obviously just the start of the game itself didn't yeah, didn't it's overwhelming it didn't put me at ease either I just thought mm. this is I, I'm just feeling a wee bit overwhelmed in terms of I, I don't really know I didn't really feel like I knew what I was doing when I was um, sort of assigning skill points and I don't really know what I'm doing now and then you go into the menus and you think I don't really understand or I don't really recognise anything mm. here either so yeah, I think my my sort of initial feelings were ones of feeling slightly overwhelmed, partly driven by mm. I think having the for me the, the the character that I wouldn't normally choose. Jim, do you mm. think now having played it for 25, 30 hours, knowing what you know now, do you think that you would have got more out of the start of the game had you had to build your own character and really had to dive into these stats and figure out what they all meant? Um good question possibly possibly but then I was trying to create my own character through the choices that I made in the world and there was choices that I wanted to make to take my character in a direction and then I'd be punished by a death screen alright <laughs> so I, give I'm, us an example then so there was one when you're first talking to uh, Titus the right. first time you, you're in the Hardy Boys and you, and you meet them and they say, um, I mean, we'll obviously go into the story sort of in a bit, but they uh, they, they basically put themselves, hands up, say, yeah, we did it, we, it was us. Um, and so I, I sort of went in all gun-ho then. I wanted my character to be all sort of gun-ho, like disco, if you like, um, and, I, and, I, and I'll arrest you on the spot. Here we go. Um, and yeah, I ended up getting took out by the Hardy Boys. Did you? Oh, I wow. did. Yeah. Is it yeah. animated or? No, no, it's that... not. It's not animated. You just hear a gunfire and then uh, so, uh, like um, a, a page of a, a newspaper comes up um, oh, wow. and says oh, like wow. dead dead cops and gives you like a little bit of a background <laughs> yeah. about what happened. Oh, dead cops think. found in river. <laughs> I think it says. <laughs> yeah. Just on that mm. note, Chris, when, when we're talking about this, because we're on the topic. If you were building it, because you've obviously got a lot of experience, same for you, Mads, I guess, a lot of experience in these types of games. If you're doing a character build... Wait, not no, just, 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 just on that, Andy, actually, I'm like... I'm probably like Jim. You know, I I love an RPG, but my experience with with computer RPGs, okay. the Fallout, the Baldur's Gates, those kind of games, I've actually played a lot of them, but I've never actually finished one. So I'm not as versed in that kind of thing as maybe maybe you think. Okay, but then on the something with regards to character builds, stats, that type of thing, is this one particularly obtuse in the way some of the stats are described, and or is that fairly common for for this type of game so what i would expect to see is in a traditional rpg is strength vitality magic defense dexterity spirit defense the usual Mm. physical and magic stats that you'd see from a dungeons and dragons baldur's gate forgotten forgotten isle rpg What I loved about this is that instead of putting my stat, instead of putting my, you have, you have an allocated number of points just like those games, but instead of putting them into vitality and attack and magic, I'm putting them into shivers and half light and visual calculus. 
So, so I, I totally see where you, Chris, would would love just nerding around with that for hours, as you said. Oh my god! But did, but I did you actually enjoy using it in game? That's the 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 important part here. Because let me, I mean, let me give you an example of. I, I took a lot of time in the beginning. Whenever I leveled up, I read about all the different the uh, abilities and tried to use my my points cleverly and so on and so forth. In the end, though, what happened was that whenever I leveled up, I just forget about it. Play the game, go through the motions, go through the story, and then when I got to a wider red check and I saw, hmm, the, the, I I think I, I want to to win this one, I'd use my points there. So yeah. so I wouldn't really use the system. It, it would just be a way of buying myself through to the next part of the story. I see what you mean. I think a lot of these skills, though, you don't actively use them. You don't walk around the world saying, right, I'm going to go and use my conceptualization now. Yeah, but the problem is you I, actually do. Whenever when you're in, you do, whenever you, do, you go to all of these white checks and red checks, you do. Yeah. And, and, you and do you're punished if you, for example, use your, your skill point yeah. on shivers instead of on drama or whatever you need at that point in time. That just annoyed me. But yeah, but when you're I, going through the that. world, I mean, as we said, I'm the, I was the thinker. I had all of that visual calculus and all that. I loved that. And I loved the the whole exposition that they did with that all the time. I, I Every time I looked at something, the encyclopedia, for example, my, my I don't yeah. know what my stats were there, but they were high. So I'd always be told yeah, yeah. about the different stuff. Uh, yeah. And that, that was cool. That was really cool. I think what we don't see, though, and as we just said before, as you're walking around the world, the game is rolling the dice all the time, yeah. all the time. And every now and again, you'll, you'll walk past a thing, mm. the dice will roll. Yeah. If you say, let, let's give an example. Let's say your shivers skill is high enough that the game rolls the dice, you get more than 10. It triggers your shivers ability. You don't use the shivers ability. You'll get a little orb will appear around Har- Harry. His name is Harry. Yeah. Oh. By the way, spoilers. Spoiler. Hello. <laughs> spoilers. We, we we will spoil the living what's it crap out of the game up to the point at which the investigation finishes. If you haven't played this game up to the point which the investigation finishes, please do not listen to this podcast because it will completely spoil everything that's good about this game. Turn us off if you have not played up to the end of the investigation. And for those that have, who are still with us, hello. <laughs> Can I just jump in on the naming thing? And it's totally Can I irrelevant. Just finish off I... the shivers point, and then and then I'll I'll let you I'll let you crack because I think it's I think it's an important point to counter what Mads has just said. So the way the way the likes of shivers will work is you will be walking around, you'll get to a point, the game will roll a dice. If your shivers stat is beneath the threshold where you can win that roll, you won't see anything. Nothing will happen. If it's above the threshold and you get a good dice roll and you win, you'll get an orb. And if you activate that orb, it you'll get a... And I love the shivers writing. And I appreciate it probably won't be for anything. It's a little bit... I don't know. I want, I want to say a nice word for up itself. But, uh, but I... Mm. I really, really liked it. You'll get a piece of writing that will say somewhere across the river a, wi- a tree rustles. And it is a little bit arty-farty, you know, but I quite love, I love all this stuff. And it'll, I'm right into it, honestly. I, I've absolutely properly nerding out over it. And it'll say uh, the wind rustles across the river that a, a man is hunched over his desk in the police station in the Jamrock Quarter. You know, and I'm sitting there thinking, oh, my God, what's he doing? What, oh, what's he doing? And, you know, his hand shakes as he... And it's nothing. Like, it, it doesn't advance the story. It doesn't give you a mechanic. It doesn't throw you into a mini game. But 
I don't see that piece of writing if my and Mads is dying to get in the nose. I'm I'm going to keep talking. To stop <laughs> it. And I don't see that bit of writing if my shiver stat is is low. Yes, and, and this Chris, is where is that a good these thing? skills do do matter. Is that a good thing that you won't see it? Wouldn't you rather that somebody like a, a, a talented guy like like Kurvitz? Who'd actually written a book and knows how to tell a story actually made you a handcrafted story where he said, Hmm, I actually, I'd like you to see this right now. I'd like you to hear about those trees or leaves rustling over there and, and told you a complete story without having to break it up, without having to make it so that I perhaps missed that because my shivers weren't high enough or uh, Andy wouldn't yeah, see I, any of it because no, you know, sorry again, that was Jim. So no, was this brute. is part of the problem. I, my shivers were very high and so it okay. kept popping up. So you, I, didn't <laughs> it did. I was just thinking, what is this pretentious crap it keeps throwing at me? I've got absolutely no idea what this is talking about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so is that a, is that a good is thing? Is that a good thing? Is it for replayability, it's definitely a good thing. But again, I'd never replay this. It's what the... It's what divorces, it's what makes this game an RPG yes. and not a visual novel for me. Because No, I'm not saying, mate, mate you're, you're misunderstanding me here. I'm not saying that it's not an RPG. I'm saying, saying it's not an adventure game. It's a visual novel okay. RPG. And that's definitely a visual novel RPG, yes. Okay. Well, this is what this is what gets it away from an adventure even. Because in an adventure, you do see what the developers want you to see, yep. by and large. Yes. You are served on a platter a story, go and solve the puzzles and go and experience yes. it. Here, it's very mechanical. It's mm. very mechanised. There are proper, hardcore, crunchy RPG mechanics going on all the time. The difference is, 75% of the time, you don't know it's going on. Mm. There's, I can almost hear as I'm walking around, there's dice rolling all the time, rolling. what did he get? No, he's not going to see that shiver. And I do get it. That means that, you know, I know... Let's, let's give an example of the visual... One of the most... Ha- the best examples of the visual calculus skill is at one point, once you get over onto the peninsula, there's a building there and you can look at a wall. And if your visual calculus skill is high enough, you see this absolutely amazing scene about, because we, we know from the meta story that Martin A's and particularly the peninsula was the ground zero for when the communist revolution was put down by the coalition forces. Yeah. And they, actually it was called beat operation beachhead and the the um the coalition forces actually came into martinez at that very point and they you don't know who's being the game is deliberately ambiguous it doesn't tell you that it was communists being killed but we're kind of led to believe it was it's absolutely harrowing the way it tells you that bit but you only get it if you pass a visual calculus white check yeah and you can only pass that white check if your skill is is high enough, and, and that would be a shame to 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 not see that. Yeah, exactly, that's but my again, point. That's my that's point completely. It would be a that's shame to miss that. But that's the mechanic. Yeah, isn't yeah, it? It, is. it is. For better and for worse. Andy, I think you were going to come in on something just just a minute ago before Matt and I started talking. No, just a point I already made there with regards to the with regards to the shivers there, where it was uh, it, it was okay. largely. Largely lost on me, but no, I, I totally agree with um, the point that Madge is making in the sense that I would have been a lot more comfortable going through the game if it was the case that the story presented these parts to you when it wants, when it best fits to present it to you, and then I could probably relax a bit more and think, right, it will. I'm not missing out on anything. There's not, not there's nothing that I need to be doing in order to see something. It's just the case that you could really just work your way through it and get it in the because I would imagine. I don't think it really changed much, but obviously each of us would have probably seen 
each of these sequences. We wouldn't, there's a lot that we wouldn't have seen, but there's a lot, the ones that we did see, we probably saw at different points in the game as well. So they might have had a slightly different impact. Um, so the where you're yeah. talking about there with that scene up at the failed building, I I was still to see that when I I'd basically when I'd come to what I thought was my impasse. And so I yeah. thought that that was critical to me being able to move forward. So I was yeah. just trying everything possible to see. It, it didn't have any impact on me because to me, it was just, it was something that was stopping my progress. And so yeah. I was just doing everything possible to raise my visual calculus enough to be able to watch that. And when I did, I guess maybe the impact was lost on me because I was like, right, great. I can just see it. Okay. Yeah. I, I understand it's very harrowing and it, it is, it probably is making a much stronger point than what, I'm feeling at this point because it was just relief. I thought that's great. I've got that part out of the way and I can carry on now. Whereas I think if I'd come to that more organically and that I just, if I, the first time I'd come across that or later on, maybe if you revisit it in the story and yeah. then that unfolds and you think, oh, wait one second, I completely missed that the last time around, then it would probably had a bigger impact. Whereas for me, I was just purely looking at as something that I had to check off in order to move further into the game. So Sometimes it works, yeah. sometimes it doesn't. But the ones that I think the ones that were the most effective were the ones that you just happened across and that yeah. it then unfolded and gave you a bit more information. You're like, oh, that's really cool. I actually really, really like that. But when you were deliberately trying to see one of these, then I, I think that's when it lost its effect a little bit. Yeah. Okay. And Jim, you wanted a, you were going to come in on something about Mr. Dubois' name. Yeah, it's, it's totally really irrelevant, really. But... You're given, or you appear to be given, the choice of choosing Harry's name. Did everyone? Did anyone choose a name other than Harry? Does it matter? I'm asking because there's, like I've already sort of spoke about. At times, you you sort of given the illusion of choice, but really yeah. there isn't. Were you given the op- yeah. was this where you were given the option of things like Tequila Sunset and? Oh, the, the name to Tequila Sunset he's given later on by one of the drunks. Okay, yeah. so this was given earlier by the on, was it, that we got the option? Of- did you so? Did you end up with Harry then, James? Yes, yeah, yeah. Uh, Jim? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think you can assume a different name, but I didn't. Did anybody else have anything? I don't, I don't think you Harry? can, because I actually chose, he had this really flamboyant name that you could choose, and I thought, that's my name. Definitely, that's my name. And I forget what it is right now. And still, sometimes when I'm in dialogue options, and somebody says Harry to him, he can say, oh, no, it's, and then I can choose that other name. But I forget what it is right now. But but he's Harry. Your batch says Harry and, and all that. Was this like his formal police title or was that a separate No, 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 not that one. It was just really flamboyant disco name that I could choose. I forget what it was right now. And that annoys me. Yeah. Funky name. Mm. I agree though, Jim. I, I, I do agree with the point about the game does give you the illusion of choice. I, I Well, I think the fact that you end up at exactly the same... And look, it is telling a story, isn't it? Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, so you you we will all end up at this we'll have we've all ended up now at the same point we might have done things slightly differently maybe not seen as much of the optional stuff but despite all of this freedom that we feel that we may have to role play harry or shit on a stick or whatever you call him um oh, that's the name of the opera that's the name of the case isn't it you can't call the case which as much as we, we have all of these options, and it's similar with the dialogue as well. I mean, I think whilst I enjoyed the dialogue in terms of how well it was written, sometimes I do feel, and this is the same with any kind of branching dialogue patch, you feel like no matter what you say, you're always coming round to the, it's the game is taking you to the same yeah. 
point. Mm. Yeah. You know, and you can say all, you can go through all the dialogue options and okay, there might be some variations in what they say depending on them. But like most adventure games, you know, you end up, you exhaust the dialogue, you end up having the end conversation is the same and hey, video games, huh? Yeah, that's on okay. The whole, it was generally quite, I, from my, how I interpreted it, I thought on the whole it was quite, it generally it was quite subtle in the way that it was doing that. You were aware that it was doing it, but it didn't feel like you were being really railroaded into it. I think there was a couple where it maybe didn't work as well and you thought this is basically my, my hands are tied and I have to choose that but on the whole I think it did have a reasonable illusion that you were you had a wee bit more there was a little bit more flexibility in the options that you could choose yeah yeah the check system we've spoken about the check system now in, well a bit more than in passing that works so as to gate progress the story offer some kind of interaction with the world. There are two types of checks as you go through the game. There are white checks, which you can repeat, and there are red checks, which are once-and-for-all chances. So the game, essentially, depending on your skills, your base skills and any modifiers that you've assumed through the clothes that you're wearing. We will come on to the clothes, Matt. We will, I promise, because it's not my favourite part of the game, either. We will come on to the clothes. So any modifiers that 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 can boost your skills or, or or reduce them depending on what what those what the clothes are or the thoughts or whatever it gives you a a a, a chance of success so you 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 might have be faced with a white skill check that has a 58% chance of success it essentially depends on what number you need to roll on your dice your modifiers boost your base stat and then if you get two dice and if you get the right numbers again you don't see the dice roll unless you're playing the Game Boy version when you do, which is quite <laughs> cool. Game Boy D-Make. But shout out for the Game Boy D-Make. You do see the dice roll in that. But generally, you don't see the dice roll, but you know it's happening. And if you get a high enough number, you pass the check, and a thing happens. But, but you do see the die roll here. You see the, the two die you can ho- in the, at the bottom. You can hover over it, can't yeah. you? I, I, I'm yeah. not sure what I've done, but I, I feel that every time I do one of the checks, I see the two die. And not being rolled, but just I see this was a five and a two or... Oh, do yeah. you? Oh, I must. There must be an option there because I don't. I have okay. to hover over the results to see. Maybe that's what I'm doing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I don't think it did. If it did, it came up. Did it state? Did it just come up very briefly? Yes. Or did yes. It? Just very briefly. Okay. When you do maybe, a check. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe it just came up very briefly then. Hmm. Okay. I never noticed that, but it it can lead to frustration massively. I think the this system now the red checks tend not to be critical things they tend to be things that would really help if you were to pass them but there's always another way around the red check i find that if for instance the bit where you first meet the the guy smoking on the balcony of the capeside apartments it, you, you've got to try and get, get in to talk to him and it, there's a red check there which i failed now i assume if i'd passed that red check i would have had the conversation i ended up having with him later right then but I had to then find my way, an alternative way into the apartments, find his door, get him when he was in. And it was much later that I ended up having that conversation that I imagine so I would have had. You, you still met the, uh, was it the Sunday visitor or something? Was yes. it? Yes. yes. Yeah. Sunday the friend. Sunday yeah. Visitor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the special friend. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I did. But it was much later. It was the next evening when I'd managed to find a key for the Capeside apartments. I got the old cleaning lady to tell me where he lives and I worked my way up there. So I could have had that conversation on day one. I ended up having it on day two or or day three even. So that is an example of how the red check works. Most of the white checks, I want to say, relate to optional stuff, but not 
all of them, as we will hear later when we talk about when Andy suffered an, uh, an awful, almost <laughs> almost a brick wall. I think for me, the thing that the thing that I found really frustrating about them is that occasionally you'll lose a high a white check when you've got really high prospects of success. Yeah. Right, that's fine. That's the way the dice goes. But then to open up that white check again, you have to put a skill point into the, rele- the, the relevant stat. Yeah. So if it's a visual calculus stat, you might have an 86% chance of success. If you fail it, the only way to reopen it is either to unlock a thought which reopens all checks or to put another stat into visual calculus. Now, your visual calculus might be really high anyway. You might not want to, but it's the only way to open that white check. And I found that I know, Mads, you've you felt that the way you can manipulate the skills like that did detract a little bit. Yeah, well, actually, to begin with, this annoyed me to no end uh, because I wanted to see the story and see where it was going, um, and and I I would I would stay away from trying any checks that it was uh, less than fifty percent chance of, of getting through. And that's a mistake, actually, this game. So so I, I ended yeah, up yeah. just uh, pressing every check I see, even if like, I've got an 8% chance of it uh, yeah. going through. Because often, yeah. actually, yeah. the story takes you by the hand anyway. So you fail, and then, well, something came out of that, of that anyway. So uh, something else will yeah. just happen. So, so after realizing that I shouldn't really get hung up on those checks, they haven't annoyed me that much, especially if they're unimportant. The important ones where you, like Andy, will have to hunt around for XP uh, to, to be able to open them again can be somewhat annoying, of course. But uh, yeah, maybe again, because I was the thinker, I haven't had that much of a problem with the the checks. Only uh, getting the body down was really, really, really tough for me because I've got no physique whatsoever. <laughs> so, but, uh, but apart from that... Um, I've actually, I haven't been annoyed by the check system that much. Uh, only when I really wanted them to uh, to go through, and I had to like change my entire wardrobe and all that just to. We're going to talk about the clothes yeah. next. So just hold <laughs> but, your but fire. You, you just said something <laughs> important as well that we need to touch on as well. And that's the thoughts. That's uh, th- yep. there are three ways of boosting your stats in this game. One is is assigning points when you level up. The other is the clothes, and the last one is um, the thoughts. You've you've got this. Uh, yep collection of what 12 thoughts you can open up God, 12 or 15 maybe yeah oh and you can actually hold about 12 at once yeah. but there's about 40 yeah yeah there's lots and lots to choose from. from but you can only hold 12 at, at 12 yeah. or 15 maybe at, at one time and then uh, yeah. it takes time in-game time to think something through so once you've gone through an, a conversation it may say that oh I found a new thought here, but you haven't thought about it yet. So you have to assign yep. it to a slot, and then maybe two hours later, later, maybe eight hours later, it'll open up and it'll give you a stat boost of some, of some and sort. I, yeah. I actually, on that, I actually locked myself out of some red checks at one stage because I activated a thought, didn't realize you could internalize it again to stop. Because each thought will penalise you for something, won't it? Yeah, while it's, while it's sort of powering it, yeah. up, if you like. Yeah. Um, and I, one of the ones that I did, it locked me out of red checks. Oh. And I didn't realise that I could internalise it, do the red check, and then, and then sort oh, okay. of trigger it again. But yeah. yeah. How did you feel about the thoughts, Andy? Generally, confused. <laughs> I thought again, it just because the the combination of when you're on your. Each time I was going through, you had your you had your items page, didn't you? And then you got your well, I think going in the order that they came across, you had your sort of your effectively your stats page, and then you had your items yeah. page, and then you had 
was sort of like that was your satchel, wasn't your journal, it? And then wasn't it? Your journal, yep. And then you had your other one. And I was, especially in the early hours, I was just desperately clicking through one, trying to find some sort of yeah. comfortable ground to be on, if you like. And <laughs> I think the issues I had with the thoughts was that the again they were quite some of the the way they were described. They were quite sort of eccentric. Some of the the, the descriptions, if you like. so, it 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 wasn't overly obvious necessarily how to use I just don't think the game taught you how to implement that very well at all. I think and I was thinking about this actually, I think the only time that it actually gives you an example of really how to do it is I think am I right in saying that when you go and see Yardhead that it gives you a very uh, sorry, measure head. Yeah, is it Yardhead's how he's... Uh, that's how one of the other guys refers to him, isn't he? He says, oh, what's his name? <laughs> Yard, so. Yardhead down there. Um, I think it very briefly gives you a couple of lines on the screen, doesn't it? Yeah. And that was about as much yeah. as it gave you. So it, that was fine. I, I think the problem that I had with it were the, the two main ones, which once we, once we finished all this and got to the checkpoint, I actually went and did some reading to see how close to the mark I was. And it turns out that I was actually miles off it, which I was not surprised to hear. But yeah. I think the the two confusing parts for me were that once you started to build up your your various thoughts within the cabinet there, by clicking on various ones, you could get that... Um, it looked almost like uh, you had that... What would it be? Almost like a, an electric current, almost like it was going yeah. between the thoughts. As, joining as, them up. You're, yeah. as you're internalising them. Uh, no, once so on on your actual thought where well, you had your six thoughts or whatever actually in your cabinet. Yeah. If you ever if you, if you just clicked on them randomly, you would yeah. you would get almost like a little bolt of electricity that would start to join yeah. them up, almost like a like, like a synapse or something. I think yeah. wasn't it was supposed to represent, but apparently that's completely cosmetic. Um, I thought that yeah. I thought that that was having an effect on which ones were actually being utilized at any one point. If you like, okay, even though you maybe had six yeah. thoughts there unless they were actually being linked up from Harry up through the thoughts, yeah. then the other ones weren't being used. So there was that. So that part confused me a little bit. But then also what I didn't like was the fact that you had to use a skill point to forget one. I thought that really yeah. Yeah, yeah. disincentivized the how, how you use that whole system. I think if there was the option just to either forget it or to, to take it back out and put it, you know, put it on the shelf for a little while and then... Yeah, get another one and bring that in. That would be fine, but yeah. it basically meant it got to the point where you were, you effectively had to use two skill points, really, didn't you? Because I, I yeah. got to the point where I think I had maybe I think you was I, I had eight. How did how did you ultimately what what ultimately allowed you to open up more more thoughts? I don't know. You, I've still got the three. You just press one of the empty really? slots and just uh, use a skill point for it. That's it. Yeah, because it says unlockable, oh, okay. doesn't it? Yeah. But just, yeah, so you have to click on the empty yeah. one, and then it, you can then click unlock. Yeah. Are, are all of them so unlockable? I've got all what, can you just up. keep? Can you just keep working your way? Because I got to the yeah. point, I think, where the top three or four weren't unlockable. But yeah, they they kind of open up like it's like a fog of war kind of thing, and they will um they they will open up as you. Um, as you open up more thoughts, you open up. There's twelve. There's twelve slots in total, right? That you can open up. Um, Jim, I, I'm I'm staggered that you you never you. So you didn't engage with this at all, then? No, the, like like it's already been mentioned, really, because you have to use um, like one of your exp points. It, yeah. Maybe I've missed it, but it so it tells you what you're going to be penalised if you select the thought, but it doesn't. 
while while it's like loading, if you like. But it doesn't tell you what the reward's going to be. No, it doesn't. No, it's only afterwards, isn't it? It's got problem yeah, and solution, not, yeah. but it's only yeah. afterwards yeah. that you find and, out what you've got. And because it's because some of them are so wordy and they don't make yeah. some of them don't make any sort of sense. You just I just thought yeah. why I don't why should I I don't want to waste my exp on that. It's all quite abstract. Hmm. So I think that's yeah. a mistake I made, Jim, and I think you're absolutely right, is that I just started internalizing thought each time I got a skill point and there wasn't uh, yeah. something that I needed it for at that time. I just had a quick look at which thoughts were available and thought, that one sounds like it might be useful. Let's just let's just go for <laughs> that one. And then, you know, whatever, six hours, eight hours later in game time, it would pop up and it would be available. So probably in the course of the game, that must have been, which would have helped no end later on, that would have been, I guess, six, seven skill points that I effectively wasted because once I had those seven thoughts sat there in the cabinet it was only when I got to the very end of the game and I got stuck that I started to dive around in that a little bit more but otherwise I, I, I effectively ignored that to be honest and I think you could ignore it I think you could I can't think of anything particularly I think there's just that um there's that advanced race theory one that you have to, yeah do you, do you have to that learn that one story. if you want to get if 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 you if you're weak, like Mads and I were, yeah, and you I can't boulder past Measurehead to get to the button which opens the door yep. to get into the harbour, then yet the only way is that you have to become the racist. Yeah, so I was so okay. So I, I, I had to do that one, yeah. and then, uh, yeah. but other than that, I, I would have, I, I would have quite happily have just not even had that option there. And the other yeah. parts you could, you could, I guess, argue the case for, but. Yeah. But again, having cause I, I, actually, I'll tell you what I think there's 53 thoughts because I was I was reading a table of what they all do the other day um, yeah. when, I, when I finally finished it, and there's a couple that this is I guess the frustration really is that there's a couple there that would have been so useful for me, and I thought if it had yeah. just been described in plain English, it would have really helped me in the game in the sense that I would have thought this is this is what I'm coming up against. This is my sort of my stumbling block. That one will really help me to overcome that and help me to play the game that, the way that I'm trying to play it. But it's a risk reward system, isn't it? I mean, Jim isn't a gambler, sure. so he's he's exactly done the the sensible say. thing. Uh, he puts the points where he he knows he can get some use out of them. Me, whenever I had the chance, I I unlock a thought just because I was curious. I yeah. see what it was what was there, and sometimes you get something something really cool, like two three extra points and something. Or I, I had one thought, yeah. I forget which one it was, but it gave me one XP whenever I pressed one of the little orbs, for example. Yep. So yep. that That's was awesome. the one particularly mad that I was looking at that I thought that would have been that was the one that I needed. Yeah. When I think and, about and how of many course, orbs I, I, I never knew what I was how much uh, XP I missed out on. Yeah, I never knew what I was getting. I was I would just internalize whichever thought I thought yeah. sounded fun. I mean it wasn't it, it was just a, a little bit of gambling, wasn't it? See what you yeah. what you get out of it. Some of them are actually bad. You want to get rid of them. <laughs> Yeah. Yes, and yeah, I think that's the problem. Depending on where your stats are. Yeah, even when it's there, it, you think, do I do I really? Is it is it so bad that I want to waste a skill point on it? Mm. Or can I just yeah, live I with it? Yeah, I thought it was fun. It's 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 all very superfluous, isn't it? It's it's a bit of fun, but I I, I got quite quite into not knowing what perks it was going to get. And you you as you've said, Andy, your, your stats suffer a, a, a debuff. While you're, it's quite logical. You know, he's walking around. He sees something he doesn't understand. He kind of gets a thought. It's a problem. He has to internalize it for a few hours in game hours, and then he finds the solution. And it's like, oh, yeah, yeah I understand that now. And no, then, I think, but th- having having read a few articles and having seen it in plain English, I think that makes far more sense. So I, I don't know whether if I'd read this stuff before, because I think it's one of these games where you can either 
read it ten times or do it once. And I think that yeah. if I had, if I, if I, but I think if I'd read the stuff beforehand, it wouldn't have made any sense to me because I hadn't mm. yet experienced it. So I think that I, so, I think the sec, I think it will have quite a positive. Or I, I, the first half was positive, but I think the second half of this game will be even more positive because uh, I've got the best of both. Where I've now got not just within this game, but just within this this style of game, I've got a bit more experience now. And I've also got a bit, at least a bit more of an understanding and a grasp on those two really quite fundamental parts of the game. I, I, I'm more aware of what I'm doing. But I wonder if maybe some of the likes of, um, there must be, I think there's even in the Discord group, there's a few people who I think have really, really enjoyed this game. I think maybe if maybe if you had that background where you you had quite a, maybe a, a bit more of a, a foundation and in, in this type of game where you could look right away you could think actually I can see I can kind of see through the words that it's using and what that system is is effectively the same as this system in another game and this is another game so it maybe it maybe felt more familiar to other people but the whole the whole thing just felt very alien to me all the mechanics felt very alien to me my issue with it is that you don't get enough time so we, you, you say the first half of the game, Andy. The reality is we're very near the end now, uh, at our, this this stage in post. There's not much game left, and there are many many thoughts here. And I've only really, I, 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 the best buff I got here from a thought was that with every encyclopedia check, invisible check that I got, I think I get ten XP points. There's a hundred XP points per level, and because I've got because I've got a really high encyclopedia stat. I'm getting encyclopedia flashes all the time. So oh, all yeah. the, so I'm now leveling up like like anything. But I've only just now unlocked all 12 Thor cabinet slots. I've got I've got a screenshot here. I must have 20 thoughts. I've only got 3 that I've not found. And I'll never get a chance to see what all of those are on this playthrough anyway because I'm not going to have enough time to I'm probably not enough experience points to Forget all of those thoughts I've got yeah. selected and internalize all the other ones. So, see, I've only got—I think I've got half of them. I think at most I've probably got yeah. twenty thoughts unlocked. I think. Oh really? Yeah. Okay. Robert Kerbitz describes this system as the as the mechanic that almost brought down the studio, which <laughs> okay. is, I think, absolutely fascinating for something that actually doesn't really matter in the context of 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 the game. He said it. He described it as a quagmire. He talked about the system where you start, you think it's a good idea, you implement it, so you can't really take it out, but it doesn't quite work, mm. and it needs refining and refining and refining until it gets good enough to go into the game. And he said he almost quit the whole project because he didn't like the way that this Thor cabinet worked. Which it's fascinating because if you took the Thor cabinet out wouldn't really make that much difference to the core game i don't think i definitely don't think so because i didn't really use it no i've not used well i'll say i've got three that i've chopped and changed three a couple, but... <laughs> <laughs> so i i mainly liked it as a i like the thought cabinet as a narrative thing um so it was a part of the storytelling so that part was yeah. good and then there's a bit of a gambling situation really Tell us about the cloud system. 
the closed system. So that's pretty much like in any RPG. The only problem is that uh, you're not boosting strength or attack or dexterity or one of you know five skills that you actually know how to use. You are boosting one of twenty four skills, and. Yeah. Seeing uh, and uh, by the way, the close uh, is it's often the case that it gives you plus two logic and minus one in sub affair or whatever. There's, there's a, a both both a reward and a, a punishment whenever you put something yeah. on, and and Most the, the time, problem yeah. is that there is no one or two or three outfits that will suit you suit all tasks. You'll need to go and uh, well exchange your entire wardrobe whenever you want to get through a check because ah okay I need some logic now. Let's go through these uh, 50 pieces of clothes that I've picked up by now and see oh this will give me logic this will okay this one that I'm wearing right now gives me minus to logic. I'll just take that one off and it's uh it just becomes a nuisance to me really and it's it's it all boils down to the fact that it's 24 different skills and you're always only on the lookout for one one single skill at a time and that's the problem yeah. with that system for me yeah i agree mm. actually on this point i think it is it is i kind of like it in the way it does allow you to customize but it feels really arbitrary yeah. that if you are faced with a white check say for conceptualization you'll just go through your clothes inventory pick out all of those things that you've got there that and you pick up clothes you find them lying around you can buy clothes yeah. you end up you end up with a lot of clothes mm. and it does feel like that you are constantly changing your outfits yeah. just so you can arbitrarily boost your stats to pass a check which but silly question time cheap when you come to a check and it gives you a percentage does changing your clothes change that percentage yes yeah does okay yeah i it didn't does. change clothes yeah. once Really? Okay. No. <laughs> That's how you get past just, the, just, the difficult checks. Well, yes yeah, and no. Man, it does. Massively changes mm. it. Right. Yeah, because what you're doing is, let, let's say you've got a hat that is high and you might have a pair of glasses that if you put on it boosts your visual calculus. Mm. I mean, what you're doing, if it's plus one or plus two for visual calculus and some of the more powerful clothes are plus two, you, what you're doing is you're boosting, if say like you've got a two for visual calculus, mm your visual calculus then becomes a four. And let's say you had a 42% chance of success before, you're probably going to have a 72% chance with the plus two modifier. Right, because the only time that I had an, a problem with this and the only time that I actually put it into effect was when I got stuck at the end because I worked out that it was a combination of factors that one of the outfits I had or the outfit I basically gone the whole way through the game with was giving me zero for logic. So even though I had another skill point, it wouldn't let me open up the check. And that was the, up until that point, there was yeah. nothing in the game that told me or suggested that uh, it would be a good idea to to change clothes. I was just putting on the ones that I quite like the look of. And I, I, I'm very aware that they were changing your st- or that they would change, but not to the extent that. So anytime you came to a check, quite often you could see it would give you the percentage, but then it would also give you the modifiers, wouldn't it? And yep. it would tell you, uh, it would give you various pluses for things that you'd done previously up until that point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That, was, that go the towards increasing your chances of passing yeah. that check. So yeah, exactly, I, I, I was yeah. looking at those more as things that were having, that, that were affecting that percentage. And then I was thinking that the, the items that you were wearing, all that was doing was giving you the option of adding in another skill point. On that skill. No. no. 
they, because these stats are quite low. I mean, you, you, the my highest stat is like seven or maybe eight for my key stat, which is empathy. So if you've got something which boosts your stats by one or two, it makes a massive difference. Yeah. And again, you're talking double-digit increases in your prospects of success. Yeah, so I think this is part of the problem, is that because I wasn't doing that, I will have used up a lot of skill points earlier on in the game. Yes. Ones that would have normally, I think, if you knew what you were doing, or if you had some intelligence, you would have worked it out. By the time you got later on in the game, you wouldn't have used the same number of skill points I had. But what I would say, and this is maybe one of the issues and this is just basically how I started to play the game I my experience was I didn't take a note off it but I'm convinced that I passed just as many low percentage checks as what I did higher percentage checks there are a lot of percentage there are a lot of checks I think maybe I can think of three or four that were either in the mid 80s but uh, one that was at 93 one that was 97% that I failed there was a couple. Mm, there I was, did as well. There was there was three probably key story related checks that were on seventeen percent, and there was one that was as low as eight percent. That when I got to the check, that was what I was presented with. I didn't have a skill point because this again, this is the other problem. Is that I, I'm the first to hold my hands up and say that I didn't really understand and I didn't really know what I was doing. So when each time that I earned a skill point, I was more looking at my character stats and thinking, right, where do my strengths lie and what tra- what kind of character am I trying to build here because yeah from our from other games the only comparable games that I've played I thought you 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 build a character that you kind of the one that you need rather than the one that you, you you don't I don't think I've ever played a game where I've had to build one for a specific scenario if you like it's more the case that you by putting points into a specific area then that kind of deter that won't affect you or that will give you a way of being able to to to, to get around a problem if you like by you yeah. can you can you can solve the problem in various ways based on how how you how you power up your character whereas i think obviously having done some reading now clearly what you want to do is you want to save your check you want to save your skill points you want to go along to a check whatever percentage it gives you so long as it's a white check you might as well attempt it, even if it's thirteen percent. You might as well attempt yeah, it, and then you can because if you it, fail yeah. it, if you if you if you pass it, great. You've still got that. You've got that one in the bag, and you can move on. But if not, you can put that skill point in and just re-roll the dice, and there's a very good chance that you will then go ahead and yeah. pass it. What I was yeah. doing instead was each time I got a skill point, I was going straight into my menu and thinking, right, what what kind of direction does it look like my yeah. character is going? And I was kind of just. Um, you know, I was pretty much, yeah, I was effectively sort of sucking my finger and holding up to the wind where it yeah. was, the, the, the you, you got a general feeling that quite often when you were getting to various key points, it would pop up and it would make that little, that, that very, that yeah. very memorable tone where it would pop up and, and it would, yeah. it'd be, there would be one of your skills that was giving you a particular option at yeah, that yeah. point. And so my yeah. key ones were authority and suggestion. They kept they seemed to yeah. be the ones that kept popping up because they were my key. Yeah. So I thought, right, that maybe that because that's the ones that are helping me the most, that's the ones that I should keep putting points into. Um so that's what I was doing basically was each time I got a skill point was that I was then yeah. just putting it usually into either authority or suggestion. So it's I actually got very sort of that 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 was more kind of what, what led my character. But um that you know, in hindsight, that was obviously the the, the the wrong way to go about it. But like I say, there was thirteen 
there was three checks that were either in single figures or the very low double figures that I got first time and was able just to move on. So it it didn't really feel to me that the I, I thought you were as well just to have a have a go regardless and and, and see mm. where it gets you. It didn't really it wasn't really doing a big job or maybe I wasn't I wasn't perceiving it correctly, but it wasn't really doing yeah. a good job of showing me what what I needed to do with those points. Yeah, I think you and I talked about that, Andy. That games. We'd like the idea of uh, actually role-playing as the character. So we, we see ourselves yeah. as the character wanting to build yes. our character. But instead, exactly it feels that. like in this game, you use skill points not as much to build your character, but more to buy yourself the way past different checks, right? Exactly that, yep. Yep, yep. That's a far more succinct way of saying what I was trying to say. So exactly that, yeah. And there was a couple of points where... Um, what frustrated me was that there, were t- there were times where you felt you had to step out of character to in order to progress, and yeah, yeah. that kind of broke the immersion. And that that it, it didn't feel it didn't feel it didn't ease the it, it didn't sort of fit with the story at that point. If you like, it thought this is this is this is not how I've been playing the game. So why do I need to do it this yeah. way? Yeah, Jim, anything to add to the whole clothes, the way the it, you can manipulate the skill points. Debate. It was it much the same for you? Um, no, not really much to add to it. To be honest, I, I chopped and changed the clothes around um, to, like, I say, just basically just to give you a better chance of passing certain checks. Uh, but yeah, it just sort of take just takes you out of it a little bit, doesn't it? I'm into sort of constantly chop and change your clothes just just to well, pass a check. What I would say is that some of the clothing options, are, which is why that was more what I was coming out. I was just doing it more for aesthetic reasons than anything else. looks. <laughs> yeah. Some of them were actually very, very amusing. I, I bought a very natty little um, shell suit windbreaker from the uh, <laughs> the, the street peddler. and the, oh, there's, 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 there's some great ones that you can wear. Oh, you can make him look like a right total tool, yeah. can't you? Yeah. Absolutely. Can. Yeah. My, my favourite combination is the, the fedora, the wife beater and the kimono. That's Beautiful, beautiful. <laughs> yeah, I had to, the, the, the wife beating the shell suit no jacket shoes. was a good combination as well. Yeah, the only thing the only thing missing was a nice gold chain, and then obviously yeah. whatever, whatever whatever outfit you wore, wearing it with the green snakeskin shoes that just mm. that just finished off any yeah, outfit. Classy, classy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you guys have hit it right on the head, though. The combination of all this thing means that whilst and I did exactly the same thing started off completely role playing my character putting all the skill points into those skills that I wanted him to be good at and then about halfway through this stage realised that I was doing it all wrong and actually I always ought to have a couple of skill points in my back pocket so when I come up with those because most of the times when you're confronted with a check possibly not a red check but most of the time you're confronted with a white check you can come out of it so you yeah. can either just go for it and then immediately unlock it again, or you can back out. So I felt like I was using the systems, the clothes, the thoughts, the skill points as a way to get through the checks rather than role play the character. Mm, yeah, which is a bit of a shame. But I think the problem was that it just didn't penalise you for not doing it correctly early on, so that you might have learned the lessons. I was that was thirty five hours that I was into the game before it actually yeah. came back and bit me in the backside. Yeah, yeah. And you think yeah, you would yeah, have had you, sure. you think you would have had some indication by that point that you weren't doing it correctly. Hmm. So I was the, I was like the other way at the start. I was really sort of anxious of not passing these checks. I was really like, oh no, <laughs> I've got to pass these checks. Really worried about it. even though they're constantly going on in the background. I was really anxious about yeah. it. But 
I don't know at what point, but at some point I just stopped caring, and I, and yes, I was just yeah. I was just clicking through through all the checks then, and uh, yeah. yeah, and I sort of that's, relaxed that's with the I game a little bit more. I think. Yeah, yeah, and I think yeah, and I think it did. It plays better when you were doing that, not not to overthink yeah. it and just give it a go and see what happened. Okay, let's get into some of the main beats of the story then, because I think we've talked about the systems, and I know that there is one particular point that I know Mads will make that I, I again, I probably agree with as a criticism, despite the fact I absolutely love the thing. Um, but but it will it will come out. I think we've done a lot about the, the general systems now, and we've talked a lot about kind of how the game works mechanically. There's probably something to be said for the way the UI looks and the position of the text, Robert, it's a very deliberate thing that Zaum did and put the text down the right-hand side. Most of the time, dialogue goes along the bottom of, of games where there's a lot of dialogue. It was very purposefully done in a narrow column on the right. Apparently, that's where the centre of gravity on all computer systems is in the bottom right. That's where our eyes are very used to looking. That's why the Windows clock is in the bottom right, apparently. So he, he, he made it. Kind of, he wants the dialogue to feel like almost like you were reading Twitter, because although there is a lot of reading in this game, you do read a lot. His view is well, think about how much we read every day: Facebook, Twitter, messages. We basically read all day anyway. And his view is if he could keep the dialogue, and this is where maybe an editor may have uh, served him well. But he he felt, although I do love a lot of the writing. Some of it does go on, and although it comes on in little flashes, there is a lot, a lot to read in the game. But just a quick note on the UI that that is something that they feel like they designed purposefully to put there. I, I thought we ought to mention it. Plot beats them. So really, the first one that we have to do once we've met our partner in crime, Kim, who is the moral compass in the game by and large. He is the yin to Harry's yang. We have to go and investigate the crime scene, and we meet our little friend Kuno. <laughs> so it before, must be one of the greatest characters ever in a video game, I think. Yeah, Kuno. Be- before we go any further, <laughs> how many hands up? How how many had to sigh when they woke up as an amnesiac? What amnesiac cop? I mean, wow. Yeah, it's trophy. It's 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 crazy trophy. <laughs> but, and it, it is it is absolutely trophy. But th- this this is a world which we don't know. It isn't our world, mm. and and I concede it's trophy uh, uh, and uh, it's trophy, and I get it. But this is a world that we don't know. It's a completely created world but, that we have to learn. About. Hang on, let me finish. Let me finish. <laughs> he, we have to learn about the world, and the only way we can do that is through Harry's eyes. Yeah, but that's not true because Harry no, has been put out of his own environment. He's he's uh, visiting somewhere else, so he's he's a he's a guest where he is right now. So all of the exposition that they wanted to give us, they could just give us because he didn't know the place that he was in. He's from another uh, district altogether. So but he's not. He's but that other district is only down the road. Yeah, but he's never been. He's it's never all- been to this part before. Well, no one, none of the police have been to this pub because this district, Martinez, oh, oh. is is a district. Kim, Kim has Kim works of, there, right? Yeah, but the, he 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 doesn't look after West Martinez though, because at one point they have an argument yes. about it. There is a thing that you can chat to Kim about mm. about they call it the pissing contest, mm. and you think that the districts forty one and fifty seven, I think yeah. they are arguing about who looks after West Martinez. Actually, they argue about who doesn't look after yeah. West Martinez. 
and a lot of the a lot of the um, resentment they have for the police here is because the people who live here. This is a really tough, tough neighbourhood. I mean, it's it is one. It's 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 not quite lawless because the union essentially keep keep it all in in tow. But a lot of the people say there's a lot of we don't often see you around here because mm. the police yep. have essentially forgotten about West Martinez. If we didn't have the amnesiac cop trope, the game would have to just... And the game, I suppose, does expo, expo exposition dump occasionally anyway. Yeah, a lot. But the game would just have to give it to us because Harry would know all of that. We can learn it, relearn it along with yeah. along with Harry. And I, I, for one, thought it was really effective. That, that is, of course, the way that this is used in the million other games that, or films, for that matter. What that, That's why it's used so often, though. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's that's why they do it all the time because they want a reason for all of this exposition. I just thought that being in an unknown environment and then going there to to solve a case would be enough. I mean, uh, I'm 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 but tired of the amnesia. Role play? Would you? You you know, be like playing Under a Killing Moon, where you play as Tex Murphy, you know, or you any other game where your character already has an identity. Mm. The fact he doesn't even know who he is or what he yeah. thinks allows you notionally we've just talked about the problems with the role playing but allows you notionally anyway to actually become him yep. and, and I, I, I totally get that it just took me out of the immersion and it still actually still does even after playing it for all these hours uh, the, the fact why is he, he wakes up at, in a hotel room he's got no memory of who he is why is he even trying to solve a case it, it just takes takes me out of it but the, it's a small thing I quite liked it from the point of view that I felt it put me back on familiar ground and helped to ground things mm. a little bit because the the opening, especially when the lit to you, the, the sort of the opening of the game is your your limbic system and the yeah. ancient reptilian brain talking yeah. to one another, isn't it? And to yeah. you, and yeah. it is it yeah. is a confuse. It's one of the most confusing starts. So it is the most confusing start to a game I've ever seen, and the most confused I think I I've ever been though. at many yeah. points of my life, to be honest. Mm. So I quite liked it when. Each pint, I thought, is this how the game's going to carry on? And if so, I have have I completely missed something, or is it the case that is this what they want you to feel? And I guess it it does help you almost. It helps you get into his mind, if you like, in the sense that I was well into out of my comfort zone, and I thought, I don't know what's happening here. And I thought that's obviously a similar state of mind that he's in as well, where he doesn't know what's happening. So when you did start speaking to people, and they did start filling in some of these banks, and more importantly. They could have been saying it. it was more the fact that you were just having rational conversations with people. I thought, okay, I can relax a little <laughs> bit. We're not going to be having these high-level conversations the whole way through the game. There are some slightly more familiar conversations to be had as well. Mm. So which route do you guys go down? Do you uh, just admit immediately in all of the conversations that you know nothing? and just ask for everything or do you try to fake it and say, ah, of course I know about that? Often you will have an option to do that. At the start, I I went with the I don't know anything, and then again I got more confident with with it mm. and more sort of relaxed and carefree with it, and so I was just yeah I was a bit more sort of experimental with with my choices then. Yeah, I so I started I, because I thought I didn't really understand how the game was starting and I didn't really start, understand how to play the game. I thought I'm just going to have some real fun with this, and so if there was a particularly 
obtuse option or a particularly offensive option or anything that just gave me the opportunity to say things I would never normally say in real life. I thought, I will pick that one. <laughs> and so I was I was having the time of my life in the first few hours. Some of the conversations <laughs> you can have and some of the things you can say, it's very cathartic, actually, especially under the current circumstances. <laughs> I was uh, I was getting a lot off my chest to some people. But uh, what, I, what I found was that within a fairly short period of time, it actually came back around and bit me in the ass because I burnt a yeah. few bridges quite early on in the game. Yeah. And what I actually found was that I, I must have had some really, I think I've had quite a strong moral compass instilled in me by my parents as I was going. I, I find it really, really hard. And it's interesting because I was listening to your guys' Jedi Night podcast and yeah. I, you were obviously taking the dark side and the light side. I find it, I, there was just, there was a point yeah. at which I thought, I can't keep this pretense up anymore. I, I need to start like being a little bit more down the middle. I need to be a bit more boring. I need to be a bit more just by the book. And I actually find the opposite where I started off playing this superstar cop and going for that option every time and going for the yeah. quite outlandish and out there options. And I find that as I came, probably because I think the game, I think your progress is easier. If you, if you play the game down the middle and play it straight, yeah, yeah then I think you actually progress through the game quicker. And so that was the point at which I thought, okay, I'm just going to go and stick on the straight and narrow. And I think I actually got an achievement towards the end. It's something like, it's called Boring Cop or something like that. And it's, <laughs> uh, it says, uh, the, the achievement is, is unlocked by, it says, say something boring eight times or more. So um, I, I say, I, I, I've, I have become myself in this game at last. <laughs> so I love the way the game takes it the Mickey out of both of itself and you at the same time. Yeah. Because it's presenting you with the boring option and the fact that you've taken it means that the game is, is both having a pop at itself and you, it seems, mm. for taking the boring option. Yeah. Yeah. Jim, were you when when you were role playing Harry, did you try and think what would Jim Middleton do? Or did you think to yourself, what would this disco messed up alcoholic drug addict cop do? Yeah, so yeah, at the start, like I say, I was like didn't have a clue, so I I played it kind of as that, like say that that amnesiac cop who hasn't got a clue, and then like by the end I was trying to go it go it in that like disco disco cop badass cop kind of direction, <laughs> um, not, yeah, not taking nonsense from anyone and um, oh uh, these yeah like I say with the with the Titus and the Hardys trying to arrest them as soon as I could and, and all that sort of stuff yeah. yeah again more and more outlandish as I've, I've played it really mm. but I guess maybe that would be partly driven by your stats as well isn't it because some of that the dialogue options and your chances of success so I had because I think this is partly what drove me to come back around to playing it a bit more straight and down the line was that I had a very high authority so I find it quite often I would have an, e an extra yeah. option within conversations basically to be yeah, yeah. Uh, do you remember that I think it was in that I think it was in the late 80s I always remember seeing it on I don't think I don't quite think it made the top shelf but it was one of the, the higher shelves in the local video shop uh, Maniac Cop there was yeah, yeah I know which one you mean yeah that was that was basically how I started to picture myself I, I, quite, I quite like the thought <laughs> that God. I could just walk into somewhere and everybody would stop talking and just have this Probably because yeah. I, I don't have it in real life. I thought everybody is going to respect me and everybody's going to be afraid yeah. oh of me. Oh my god! Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and so that that was that was more the line that I started to play with. But um, I th and that was more driven by my stats rather than how I particularly wanted to play the game. I guess hmm. it's it's funny because I have grown to like Harry more as a as a character. 
Yeah. And so, like, you know, there's there's chances you get to, like, steal the speed and all this sort of stuff. And I've tried yeah. to now, keep like, keep him clean, keep him on the straight and narrow. <laughs> but you take the speed and the alcohol to boost your stats, right, I assume? No, I haven't done that. Really? Yeah. You've not yeah. so you've not popped the whole you've not you've not done some speed and No, no, so really? I've still got that in fact? my uh, inventory. So I've got a ra- that is one thing I've got a raging drug habit that's that's the, my 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 <laughs> one vice if you like is uh, because, in the game as well. Uh, yeah, exactly. yeah, it's uh, because I think electrochemistry was one of in my I could, I don't know what the starting stat was, but that was the second highest stat that I have. So it was right. basically, and it kept popping up. And I've got so that's what you've got this internal voice, isn't it? That's telling you basically yeah. to, to, on, to 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 keep to keep it. going off the rails, basically. And so Mega. I I, I my, my my little reward at the end of each day was to uh, once once you'd sort of got Kim off to bed was to go on an absolute bender for a little while <laughs> and just pretty much take everything I had in my inventory and go off and see what was happening in the world. <laughs> so, Does your wife know that you're a closet narcotics junkie? Most probably, I think, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so going back to the whole uh, amnesia thing, initially I tried to deny that I was having an, um, any amnesia at all. Whenever I was in the conversations, I would try to not tell people that yeah. I didn't know anything because I thought it would make me look bad. I mean, who would want to talk to a yeah. cop who doesn't even know he's a cop and then why is he solving yeah. a case? And that annoyed me that I couldn't because they want to give you that exposition. So so just if you're playing this, just if you want to play this, just go with the full amnesia stuff. Just uh, admit to everyone, Roll everyone you're talking to, you know nothing. Explain to me what, what it's all about. And that, that's how you, you get, yeah. you progress to this game. But the role playing stuff got kind of killed for me because I thought, who on earth would be listening to a cop who can't even remember his own name or uh, mm-hmm. that he's a cop? So, yeah, c- kind of didn't work for me. It's his magnetic personality, obviously. Mm. <laughs> what did we make of our sidekick, Kim? Mads, what did you think? Yeah, what did I think? I'm not sure. I, I kind of like him actually. He's he's very uh, straight and narrow most of the time. But but the, then then he you know he he's a great dancer as Andy showed us the other day the other day here. And uh, <laughs> there's 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 lots of fun stuff. He, he loves his uh, his car as well. And so the, he he has a bit of he personality, even though car. he's he's like these this really buttoned up cop that you can't get anything out of, and he, he's not really responding to what you do. Then sometimes you you see a little glimpses of his personality, and I like that. I, I like him as a character. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What about you guys, uh, Jim? What did you think of him? Straight lace, Kim. He's not that straight lace, though, is he? Uh, he's, uh, he's, not, he's not a great shot either, is he? Nope. Did you get him to? <laughs> no. Did you get him to try and take a shot yes. at the body? <laughs> yeah, yeah, he missed. I assume that scripted mm. that he was to miss. I assume so. He missed for mine. Yeah, mm, he missed for me as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's a bit more disco than he left yeah. on, though, isn't he? Really, the spits now later that he's just starting to come out that he's a little bit. Like I think he secretly wants a little bit of he wants a little bit of the disco lifestyle. I think old Kim, but you miss him when he's gone, though, don't you? I mean, uh, Jim, I know he, he he left for you twice. We will come on yeah. to, to the mm. pop beats now, but uh, but yeah, for me, obviously, there's a bit where you, when you process the body, he takes the body, and he goes, and you miss him. It's like oh, he's gone. Yeah, I think I I, I I kind of liked him from the start to be honest, and I think he's just grown on me even more. I think the two you've got this really good rapport with them, and I think it's partly because of the way that I played the game. But he has he's always had my back, and it's quite nice. There's been a few occasions where I've just been an absolute shambles in a situation, and then he's yeah, and he's basically he's reassured the in. person that 
I should be there and I do know what I'm doing and, you know, just cooperate with me. I've just got some slightly outlandish ways of uh, methods of working and all this sort of stuff. But there's there's a few points as you go through the game where he just lets completely out of nowhere you uncover a little bit about his past and yeah. a little bit more about him. And as, as he gets more fleshed out, you realise that he's actually, as you guys say, he's actually a really interesting person, actually, and has got some quite quite cool history. Did you get the whole story about him being called Kimball and all that? Kimball, I love that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, yeah there was all that. Yeah. Did, you, did you find the secret passage at the back of the Whirling in Rags Gym where you go through to the pinball workshop? Yeah, um, but I, so I, I found that by kicking down the door on the roof oh really yeah so did I, I didn't yes. I, I didn't open up the blue door in in the in the, the kitchen um yeah okay. i kicked but i, I got i'm guessing because i had that high physical attributes yeah. i was able to kick the door down well that's one of the oh, ones cool. that i passed on a 13 percent check i just thought i'll give it a go and he broke it down so um yeah but once you're in there you can have a conversation with him and you find out that he spent yeah um nine months was it nine months undercover he was he was undercover wasn't he, he had to become a pinball champion yeah he spent, he spent nine <laughs> months training to become a, a, a pinball champion because he was trying to infiltrate uh, a youth gang i think wasn't it and, so, and his nickname became kimball <laughs> yeah and so that's kind of like how he's known i think within the department but nobody actually says it to his face so it's uh it yeah it's just but it's, it's totally unnecessary but all the better for it i, I thought that was brilliant some of the best exchanges for me in the whole game, though, are between Harry and Kim. I think, and I don't know about you guys, but when he approves of something that you do, and he says like "Well done, detective," I'm like, "Yes, yeah." Or you'll just it, and it says, or you'll say something like, "Kid, uh, Kim nods approvingly," or something, or yeah. gives you know yeah. a sense exactly. of quiet satisfaction. Yes. You think it's yeah, he's, he's, he's somebody who I think he's, he's somebody whose approval you would want. I think he's he's just the the the, the, the very quiet solemn type but he's the sort of person that you know a a, a nod of approval from him would be worth way more than a, a big hearty handshake from somebody else or something isn't it he's yeah. just got that quiet authority about him yeah he is your party though isn't he apart from apart from your skills and your thoughts which act as your party in this game as well i mean they're all chiming in like they're your party but it's it's you and him really solving this solving this this crime Let's talk about the crime then. Let's talk about some of the main beats. What we're not going to do here, people, is we're not going to do a blow by blue, blow, and blow by blue, a blow by blow <laughs> walk through the investigation because that would take ages and it would probably be very dull. So we're just going to focus on some of the main bits. We're also not really going to talk about the side quests, although I suspect we will talk about a couple in, in, in a little bit. But there are many, 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 many side quests for you to do. Some of them are very quick. Some of them are very involved. Some of them have story arcs on their own. Um, some of them are really good. Some of them are not so good. But there are many of them, which I'm sure anybody who's listening to this will have fully explored them. We are gonna we are gonna talk about the main story bits, and really the first bit is the investigation of the crime scene. It took me until day two to approach the body because I was scared of that. Uh, I was scared of that 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 white check. Did you guys go and did you get up close to the body straight away, Jim? Yeah, I, I did. Yeah, but it took me a few goes to actually do anything with it because my character kept throwing up. Oh really? Yeah. Did he? So you failed the check? <laughs> yeah, I failed. And he, yeah, a couple of times he'd go up to it and then he'd then he'd throw up. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. What about you, Andy? Yeah, I'm just looking at this. Yeah, I, I took a note of basically uh, day by day of the times that you got the, the check and when I ultimately passed them. So I had the body down 
uh, I had it inspected the body down and the autopsy done by five o'clock on day one. So there was Blimey. Wow. There was wow. there was there was no there was no messing around there. Um it was You're a detective, you are on mm. it, man. You are just getting in there and get let's just get this case solved. Yeah, I think it was more out of not really knowing what else I should be doing, but <laughs> uh, and it ultimately it cost me in a there was a couple of parts to that that ultimately I, I should have done prior to sending the body off. But yeah, there was it was yeah. it was it was Kim and I were pretty efficient. We just did a field autopsy, <laughs> shot it down, did a field autopsy, chucked it in the Chopped van on. and sent it off. Done. <laughs> <laughs> so I think it may have been the what fourth you, or fifth Max? day before I got the body down. Yeah, did, did you did you try and approach it on the first day and and yeah, Pearl? Yeah, I did. Or did you and on the second day on yeah. on the third day <laughs> when I got. So you get a you get a modifier, don't you? Once you go past the first day, you get a, a, a plus one modifier for it. I think I think it says it's about time, yeah, kind of. Exactly. Thing. You've been in the world for more than a day, yeah. so it makes it a, makes it a bit easier. Mm-hmm. So how did we get the body down in the end then? How did you get it down in the end, Matt? So first I had Kim try to shoot it down and he failed. Then I tried to shoot it down with Kim's gun, by the way, because I didn't have my own gun at that point in time. And I yeah. failed. And then I uh, well had to learn about race theory, didn't I? So I could get Measurehead, <laughs> that uh, huge black guy at the, the at the gates to come and, uh, and, yeah. and take him down from the tree. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Jim, same for you, or did you did you shoot it down? It was the same for me, but I didn't really dive in. So when you to the first time that you got into the harbour, that was when you met Measurehead. I'm guessing was it because yeah, I he's the big guy standing a guard on the on the on the bridge because I was able to get into the harbour by jumping across ah, across okay, the yeah. rooftop, um, and you so then the and so I went and spoke to Ever Everard Clear or Clear Everard, yeah. Um, yeah, Everard Clear. Everard Clear, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I went and spoke to to him, and then after I went and spoke to Measurehead, and he was kind of like, "Yeah, you don't really need to talk to me now." <laughs> <laughs> You're gone. He must yeah, have been crushed. Yeah. All that stuff he'd been saving up and waiting to get off his chest. Yeah. Yeah. So you got into the harbour quite early, then, Jim. So that would have mm. been pretty much on day yeah. one. You jumped over, you picked up the cloak, and then you were in. And then the only time I really needed uh, Measurehead was. Um, to to get the body down because even though I had a high sort of physical skill set, I still yeah. wasn't able to get the body down. I had to go and speak yeah. to Everard, and, and yeah. then he got uh, measured to to go and get the body down while I sort of stood on on the top watching the uh, yeah. watching the strike go on. So that's pretty much how I did it as well. But I did have to get I did have to do the race relation theory. I must say that that's one of the pieces of dialogue that did not land with me at all. I found that conversation with Measurehead. Very long and very, a little bit dull, I, I, and I was bang into the writing in this game, but that that bit really did drag a little bit. But you get through it, and you get into the get to the body down, etc., etc. And uh, we all ended up in the same place. Does anybody know whether you can win Kuno over enough? And I tried to get Kuno to climb up and get it down. Is that another way it can be done? Do we know? Does oh, I, know? I don't know. I ended up punching yes. Kuno. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I wish I had. Did you? And you? Did you? Did you connect with him? Yeah, I hit him. Yeah, I passed the oh, check and lovely. hit him. Yeah. What, what happens? Um, you floor him, and then he sort of gives you a little bit more respect. Um, oh. And then, I, then there was another check after that that I failed. 
Oh, that's I, I I have dreams about punching that little guy. So it's uh, I I I tried to punch him, missed and fell over, which you can imagine just how much <laughs> how much that pleased him, and uh, he's he's never let me forget it to this day, unfortunately. <laughs> what did you think of Kuno, Matt? He's a scouser. We know you like. Oh, scousers. I like scousers. Yeah. <laughs> um, Not he's uh, to begin with extremely annoying. But you, you kind of build a relationship with him. I did at least. So, so in the end, I actually yeah. kind of liked him and I tried to help him. And, uh, I don't know if you guys did the mission where you have to go and grab Kuno's stuff from his, uh, apartment with his, his father. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. no, I've not done that. Kind of a, he, he, he's a sad yeah, story, isn't he? And, and the Kuno S, the girl behind him is as well. So, uh, you, you kind of grow to like him in the end. I think you can kill Kuno Ness. Really? I think you can. Sh- I think you can shoot her. Yeah, I threatened to shoot her, but it wouldn't let me. My skill, my skill wasn't. High, it wasn't high enough to let me. Uh, he wouldn't pull the trigger, unfortunately. But uh, that was that was my solution to the problem. I mean, I've literally only just got the gun, so I never had the opportunity. But yeah, I knew you could. So, Mads, did you kill Kuno's dad, or did you? No, no, he, you he was sleeping, sleeping it off anyway. So no need. Yeah, yeah, you can't. You can take out Kuno. It's one of the mm. optional. Side quest, but yeah, I split. See, I I did the whole speed, split the kilo with Kuno and everything else. Did that, and I'm thinking, oh, cool, he's gonna he's gonna go and climb up and get the body down for me now. And it was like, well, what does he do? Well, he gives you a four hundred percent discount on the pants that he's selling. (laughs) Oh yeah, he does. Yeah, (laughs) and spends his day throwing rocks at bodies. Yeah, dead bodies. (laughs) Squish, squish. The final cut version, full voice acted in the game, which is going to be. Great for some parts. For imagine oh, Kuno <laughs> <laughs> with the same acting. actors. A- actually, yeah. I wouldn't okay. want full voice acting in this game. Would you? No, I don't know. No, I some wouldn't. of the voice acting is actually pretty ropey. Yeah, yeah. Actually, what most of the voice acting was... isn't that good. I-, I like the limbic system. Some but, uh... of it's good. Yeah, because it was some also that if yes, you if it was if if a part if the initial part of the dialogue was voice acted, but you're just trying to click through the conversation. The voice acting would would keep going, wouldn't it? Even yeah, though you were maybe yeah, onto the yeah. next two or three pages of dialogue, which was quite distracting. There was times where you were trying to. Some of the conversations were you realised quite quickly that they weren't really ones that you needed to be paying, mm. or I wasn't going to pay particular attention to. And there were ones that were going off. There were just more kind of world you building than it. Trying to just click through, Mister Gilmore. <laughs> read. <laughs> it's, it's, Slowly, if, if it's any consolation, if it's if it's any because every time I every time I was clicking the mouse button, I just had a picture of you hovering over me with your head in your hands. Read just, it. Yeah. <laughs> read so it. I, I would read every yeah. single word, but I'd read it a lot faster than they could say it, and I don't think the voice that, acting was, was that good. It, so yeah. so I'd often yeah. skip the voice acting as well. Just uh, read, 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 and get it done with. One of the one of our Discord members, King Kong Groove, a good guy, member of the Retro Asylum Discord as well. He, I was, I caught a little bit of his stream of this on Sunday morning, and I was horrified, absolutely horrified, to see him just clicking through pages and pages of text. He wasn't even, <laughs> he wasn't even skim reading. Ah, you don't know. Maybe he's that. really, really fast. He would do that. No, he was talking on his stream when he was supposed to be reading it. I felt like saying, stop talking and read this is This is the Metroid mm. Prime scanning issue again, isn't it? Yeah. Well, I, yeah, I mean, this is a nightmare for those of us who suffer a little bit with OCD because I have to read everything and I have to do every task. And I struggle with these kind of open games because quite quickly in this game, you, you're full, your task list is like 15 yep. entries. Yep. I'm like, oh my God. But I don't know which one to do I, first. I, I'm... 
somewhat like you there, Chris. I need to read everything as well. And and that's actually been yeah. one of the problems with this game. Uh, one of the biggest problems with this game is that it's most of the stuff that you read is your you're they're telling the background story of this place that you're in with the revolution and what whatever they're doing on the other islands or inlets or whatever it is. And it's it's never told in enough detail so you actually know what's going on and it's not that yeah, well written. Lot so it's it. actually exceedingly boring to go through the motions here a lot of the time. Don't you find that not, not that you, I, if you need to to read everything? I, I don't agree that it's okay. boring because I actually think it's really interesting and I I hope, really hope that Zaum are working on more more stuff, more content, whether it's additional content for Disco Elysium. I know there's a few more bits and pieces in the final cut, but it's not really story stuff. I want more of this world. I'm right yeah, in we, there. I find it evocative. I, I was thinking when you I, initially in the beginning here uh, talked about that there was actually a book and this is in the world that that book created. Maybe yes. this would have been a lot better if we read the book first. Maybe this is what we need yeah, to do the, to play a game like this because all of the talk about the different islands and the, the government and the, the different systems it's there, massive, yeah. it, it, it just... I mean, I tried to get into it, but I can't because it's just there's too little to actually be interesting, but there's yeah. enough so that I waste a lot of time reading it. So, so it's just it yeah. doesn't strike the strike the right balance for me. But if I read a book first, maybe that would be great. I mean, the revolution stuff, I can see the effects of the revolution throughout the yeah, the, the land. So yeah. that's interesting, and I, I loved as you said that the little visual calculus stuff where you could see them being executed, for example. And it, that that's yeah. uh, that's good, and it's easy to understand. I mean, we've got like uh, the commercial uh, interests versus the the communists, and that, that that's the battle yeah. that's been there, and we can still see some of that in the in the the, the harbor right now because they they are fighting for worker rights as well right so so yeah, yeah. that part yeah, of the yeah. story i get but there's a lot of other stuff and politics and even some like semi-religious stuff going on that's never explained in in enough detail to be mm. well for me to understand it at least so it's just wasting yeah. my time and keep taking my focus away from the the stuff that inter- int- that's interesting i think I think it's absolutely that it's one of those games that if it had been released in like that DOS era or Amiga era, it would have come with like a huge manual and maybe a book, yeah. you know, something yeah, like that. Uh, like similar to like e- Exile that, that mm. you had on the game club recently, or was it uh, like Midwinter or something mm, like that? Yeah, yeah I, I agree with that. I think it gives you enough to not need that, but I think I, I do agree, Jim, that something. I did a lot of reading around this outside of the game. So I did a lot of reading on the wiki. There's a Gamerpedia mm. wiki, which which assembles all of this stuff. Because most of the stuff as well, like Isa, for instance, and you guys might know this. Now you hear about the Pale, right? You know, there's this thing in the in the world. There's this there's this area called the Pale, which people go through, and a lot of people don't come out. It's a bit like a Bermuda Triangle area. Some people go through it and end up mentally deranged. It's this thing in the middle of the world. You guys heard about the pale from various conversations. Yeah, I have, but I, I didn't understand what it was at all. No. Okay, so that's Jim. You didn't even. You guys didn't even hear. No, about it, it doesn't so. doesn't ring any bells. No. I've had it pop up as a minus ten multiple or minus ten, um, the opposite of a modifier, mm. like a, a minus ten demodifier on my uh, on my checks. It just says the pale. <laughs> <laughs> One of the lorry drivers, the old woman. Is she's a she's called a pale yeah. rider. She does trips through the pale, and she's she's a bit she's a bit crazy. 
Now, here's the thing, right? So the pale is advancing and the world will end in 72? Yep. The whole world but is All of that, you didn't get that 72. from the game, did you? That's from the wiki. You did. You, there, you, you can okay. get it from the game, but it, it is a particular thought as he's wandering around oh, okay. that okay. tells you the pale is advancing and will consume everything. So it's like the, by, uh, with, the big nothing and the never-ending yeah. story. Yeah. 28 years it's got left and the world will But that's will probably, end. and I hope that ties into what's happening in the church, for example. Yeah, well, maybe, maybe mm. it is. So, yeah. I didn't even know that, you know, and you wouldn't know from unless you'd, you'd come across it. So yeah. there's plenty going on, plenty yeah. going on. But I guess that's one of the things that's quite good about it is that there's there's so many different levels that you can engage with this game, isn't there? And there's a lot of this. It went straight over my head, but there's a lot of this that obviously for yourself and other people will have got a huge amount out of some of that stuff. And that's great. That's a really, really that's a real that's a real plus for this game in my books. Something for everyone. Yeah. Everart is a character, isn't he? He's really the next. The next. He's horrible. He's horrible. He's disgusting. You can almost, man. you can almost, you can smell him just by looking at him. Can you? He's just got this. Yeah. He, he, Did he um, reminds me. He reminds me of the guy from Monkey Island too. Do you remember Mads? What's his name on Fat Island? He's called Fat, right? Is he called <laughs> sure. Fat? He reminds me of. <laughs> he's disgusting, but, he's but it's P H A T T. So yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, he's horrible, and he's so smarmy yeah. and sly, isn't he? And he's very smooth, and and he never leaves I'm... his cabin. No, his porter cabin. <laughs> yeah. But he actually does. I was there at, at late at night, and he wasn't there. So that that uh, he, oh, yeah, he, he tells oh, us he the first time we meet him that eight or nine at night, I think he goes home. Yeah, yeah, he tells us the first time oh, that we meet him that he never goes out of that chair because he can't. He's so fat. But that that's yeah. not true. He's not there at night. <laughs> Oh, okay. But he completely manipulates poor old Harry, mm, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah. He does. I completely stuffed up one conversation with him where he had me wrapped around it. I'd sat on the chair, so I had all kinds of downward modifiers because yeah. he was in pain. I was, And he had me wrapped around his yeah, little me finger. Too. Yeah, it's, it's, it, I think <gasps> that was the him. first point in the game that I was at where I thought I, kind of, I really felt on the back foot. And he yeah. says, "And like you know, you're 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 sweating there, Harry, and all this sort of stuff." And you think, exactly, yeah. oh bollocks! He's 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 got me where he wants me, and <laughs> up until exactly. that point, it'd been the other way round. Mm. Yeah, but you essentially got, you essentially have to become a little bit of a messenger boy mm. for for Everard to get the information that that we need from him. And it's a conversation. It's a it's a combination of him and Joyce Messier, the Wild Pines representative yep. on the boat. She's the other one, really, who are the two kind of linchpins of starting to open up the conversations with the, with the Hardy Boys, which which really does advance stuff. Presumably, you, I spoke with Joyce very late on day one. I started the conversation at about quarter to two, and the game clock doesn't advance beyond two o'clock on day one because on subsequent days, if you get to two o'clock in the morning, you get game over, I believe. Oh, okay. But All on right. day one, it can't. It lets you off. So my whole conversation with Joyce went on for a long time <laughs> after time had stood still. So I've got it's like it was all this bonus time that I had. It was great. <laughs> she's quite an interesting character, and she she's the one who tells us in the end that there was this crew that had been assigned to protect her as the 
she's on the corporate side of the corporate yeah. and dock workers dispute. Yeah, and she's a very she's quite um she she's quite she's quite uh, mysterious and secretive. I actually failed an 83% red check on a conversation with her which meant that I ended up having to go and find out about the drug smuggling operation to get the info. Yep, same. Yeah, I had to Did do you? that, yeah. So annoying. Yeah. Was that the one so you had the option of either to I'm trying to work backwards here. So there was it was two ways to regress there, wasn't there? You could either show your badge yeah, well, have... I didn't have a badge. Yeah, so I didn't either at that point. So was there a check prior to having to go off down that and become her errand boy as well, basically? Was there a check that would have prevented that? Yeah, yeah. I must so have So it was either show with a badge yeah. or there was a red check and it was one of the stats I was really high. It's 83% prospects of success. And I just failed an 83% red check with the guy smoking on the balcony as well. So it was like my second in the space of about 10 minutes. <laughs> oh, God. Spitting. Yeah, you would <laughs> What be. did you do, Mads? Did did you do the drugs? Did you have to go and investigate the yeah, drugs? Yeah, I did. I failed the same check, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. yeah. It's actually quite good to investigate that because it actually gives you an excuse to go and talk to those lorry drivers. Yeah, that's it, yeah. A re- reasonably interesting bunch. But what she tells us in the end is that there was a mob called Crennel. Well, not a mob. There were three operatives called Crennel who were brought in to essentially be her protection one of them got a bit leery, got a bit, had a few, a few too many com- bottles of Commodore Red, <laughs> and ended up assaulting a lady. And that's really that. Well, anyway, in my playthrough, that was the first hint I'd had that of of what had happened behind the murder. There was lots of other stuff going on. So you you hear hints. For instance, I think the Sunday night friend tells you that they were he's seen them carrying the body but there was no noise and there was no struggle it's yeah all very quiet yeah um, you started to kind of get some of this stuff that which totally is. makes sense when later on when you when you have to find out actually what what did go down yeah exactly yeah. there were the boot prints at the crime scene as well did you guys see the boot prints yeah. at the crime scene yeah i never managed to get high enough on that so what did it ultimately okay. I, I got i think i got about as far as saying that there was between six and 12 pairs of boots but that I, I never actually was able to get it beyond that what does it tell you so it gives you loads more detail for instance it tells you that some of the boots would belong to either someone who was super super heavy or was carrying mm. something right and it also tells you that one of the boots was a lot lighter, so it was either someone who was very light or maybe was a lady. Right. So, so this is where tell- your point yeah. really hits all mads, is that I would have loved to have known that stuff. I, I really, mm. this is stuff that I, I tried that check, I think probably three times, four times. There was, because there was that, and then there was a broken gate on the way into the garden as well there, wasn't there? Yeah. That's right. Yeah. What, did, what did that tell you? The broken but, gate. So that was the car yeah. crash. Okay. Yeah. So that did, did, was where the car... some, did it give you any information on that or No. Only you could piece together the fact that he, he I think he, he drove into the gate, broke the gate open, reversed <laughs> out <laughs> and then drove. He was getting a big enough run up to go yeah. <laughs> there to, to, yeah, to go and jump other. over yeah. the canal yeah. on the river. Yeah. <laughs> Once we've had the conversations with Everard and Joyce, we then we then we start to know a little bit more and really the union guys, the Hardy Boys, the guys who turn up in the whirling in rags from day two. They're not there on day one. They're there in day two. We know from Everart and his little mate outside this container that, that there are there's a group that has been told to lie low. And lo and behold, 
They turn up in the whirling on day two, doing anything but lying low, because they're a rowdy, raucous bunch, and these guys are really some of the key, the key, the key plot devices, and actually some, of, I think, some of the best conversations. Did we? How did we get on with with our man Titus Hardy? Did did we generally have our way with uh, he him? He killed me three times, I think. Is this the bit where you were trying to? Die, <laughs> no, right? no. Well, uh, yeah. Well, I, I I knew this would probably go wrong, but this was early in the game where I thought I'm role playing like Jim did. So I, I I chose the options that I thought my character would choose. That killed me in two or three different ways, I think. Um, mm. And then I started. To, kind of in maxing the game instead and saying okay i probably need to go here and there and and choosing options that that weren't really suiting for my character but that i could see would probably lead the narrative along here so yeah i i didn't really get along with him but you get to like him later on don't you yeah it goes full circle doesn't mm. it I think he's yeah. wonderful. I think some of the conversations you have with them are some of the best writing yeah. in the yeah. game. Yeah, there's a just before it'll be the point, I guess, just before we reach the staging point, there's there's a line that he says to you that I thought was I thought it was pretty cool to be honest. And it's uh yeah, I, I thought it really summed up it was a very nice conclusion to your relationship with him. Yeah. Is that the, yeah. regarding the the pigs? So it's something where he says something along the lines of maybe it was an option that I had, but it, basically it says to him, or you say to him, you can say to him, "Have you ever thought about becoming a cop?" Mm. And he says back to you, "I I always was one. I just weren't sure if you were one." Type thing, basically yeah. meaning he's <laughs> well him and the union boys are kind of the the the, the cops of the people around there. I, yeah. I just thought it was quite yeah. a cool line. I, I really liked that bit. And the two of yourself, the two of you share a moment, yeah, so to yeah. speak. And it, it feels like Harry also at the end sees that the Titus and the guys are actually kind of just trying to take care of people like they take care of that the crazy old woman that has your gun at some point yeah 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 so that's just before you have that conversation isn't mm. it you can ask him to take care of her and you realize yeah. that actually you are maybe trying to achieve the same thing in roundabout ways mm. but can i just ask about something uh, chris you said that we find we find out that one of the the uh, the mercenaries has been uh, like being rough with a, with a woman is that actually mm. do, do you guys still think that because I don't. No. No. Okay. Okay. No, we know. We know now that he's not. But that when, when that's what Messer Joyce Joyce Messer Messier first tells is us, it? does he? That the it's definitely what Titus and the boys tells us. Yeah. Well, that's the story that they're yeah. trying to peddle, yeah. isn't it? They they essentially. And just go back to some of those lines that Titus has. He also has this line which really struck with me. He's when he's talking about class, mm. yeah. And and he, he where after we find out all the stuff that's happened and and you know he's talking he's he get the impression he he, he quite he quite likes Clasia, yeah. and he says that because she's being followed because she was a corporate mm. spy mm. she's being hunted herself because she made somebody commit suicide, yeah. and he says that Martinez is the place that you go to when there's nowhere left mm. to run or something along those lines and a man that really just struck home with me that this this idea of a dead end place where. The people who end up there are the people of uh, people that have got nowhere else, nowhere left mm. to be. Yeah, I just yeah, really struck me. Loved, I love that line. Essentially, what he does though, he tells us he he puts us onto Clasher and says you ought to go and speak to the girl upstairs who we met right at the very start of the game when we came out of our room and I messed up a conversation because I told her that I couldn't remember being a cop. Mm. So. In all of my conversations with Clasher after that, I was on minus one modifiers on every single. Yeah, I think check I was as well actually. So because I, I think I was probably on minus a thousand because 
my <laughs> my opening gambit with her was the uh, the dialogue option that was something along the lines of, and I'm paraphrasing it, and it rhymes with something that. Um, something along the lines of making ducky ducky, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit, did you do that? You what? <laughs> so, 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 needless to say, the two of us, there was, uh, I, I had to do a lot of backpedaling from that point onwards with her. Um, I'm glad to see we made amends and saw eye to eye at the end. But, Out uh, of interest, yes. did did you tell Titus about that? Because I, I, I did the same thing. I tried tried it on with her. She kicked me back, rejected me, but I didn't yeah. tell Titus about it. <laughs> No, I thought I, I was I wasn't that stupid. I thought uh, no, that's probably uh, that's probably one to keep to myself. I was yeah. like I say, I was uh, especially because. But this is this is kind of the game's quite clever in the way that it does this. Is that yeah, it starts off making you think that it's all a bit of a laugh, and you kind of you can go for these carefree yeah. options and they're consequence free. But then the game really kind of at that point, especially the game when you when you realize or at that point what it indicates what has happened and you subsequently find that that maybe that, you know, it's a, it, it's not black and white. It's a very gray story and quite a complicated relationship between uh, class. Yeah. And um, uh, what does she call him? Um, is it Lenny or what's Le- yeah, I forget Le- his Lenny. name now. Something yeah, like that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's, it's, it's very she much, a, it, it's him, much more she? of a gray area, but yeah, there was there was that was the point at which it kind of it was almost like a bit of a sledgehammer, and I thought, oh dear, um, I, I maybe need to pay a bit more attention to to what I'm saying here because it's it suddenly takes a bit of a serious turn. Hmm. He sounds like he was a completely horrible piece of work. This mercenary who was brought in, we don't know too much about him yet, and I suspect more will be revealed. But he'd been a military man hmm. on various campaigns across the world, and had done some according to what we know about him or what we think we know anyway from conversations with Everard and Titus Hardy and Clashier, he'd done some pretty despicable things. Yeah, like some of, of the some of the on one of the side quests where you yeah, it's uh, it's not nice. They, they tell you about horrific. where uh, yeah, they describe one of the tattoos meanings yeah. And, yeah, yeah. and why he got it. Yeah. Yes. Is this is this one that involves mutilations and Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's absolutely horrendous, and there was like you see this this the day the game does it doesn't shy away from taking it's some dark. pretty dark turns at times. Yeah, it does. Uh, and I think yeah. because of the the overall mood of the game, it's quite jarring when you get to those points, and it's you definitely yeah. think, oh, I'm not comfortable, kind of you know, reading this and where it's yeah. taking me. It really kind of it really kind of gets your uh, does give you the shivers, doesn't it? Yeah, mm. for sure. I'm just going to paraphrase through this this section, guys. So do stop me if you want to if you want to come back to anything or you want to go into a bit more detail. But essentially, there's a series of back and forth where we go from Clashia and we put Titus's story to Clashia. She she says no, that's not quite. So we go back to Titus and there's a little bit of back and forth. We end up getting a tape of a conversation of the mercenaries talking locker room talk. Clashia calls it where he's essentially boasting about the fact that he raped her. Um, she maintains she was never raped it was consensual and they had some fun it transpires that it was all a little bit of a front because now we know and I think this is common to all of us because this is the the plot of the game there was a shot from somebody a third party who we are told uh, or, or who, who we now think was... Do we think it was Ruby? No, we don't know who shot. We, we're just try, we're trying to find Yeah, we think that maybe Ruby knows who, yeah. who it is, right? Yeah. Yeah. So so Clashia and the victim were, were having a good time in Clashia's bed. There was a shot 
and the victim was shot. Now, this is a good point, actually. After the autopsy, did you did you get the option to examine the body more thoroughly? And did you recover the bullets from the back of the victim's throat? Yeah. Yes. No. Because we did ours in the we did <laughs> we did, do we, we did ours in the field at the back of the whirling in rags. Yeah, that's, so we did that as well. I, I could, we did that as well. Uh, okay. Yeah. And Kuno right. Kuno was well impressed with how we uh, extracted that bullet, wasn't he? He, he, he high velocity he's, high velocity shots. He started to get a little bit. He started to get a little bit excited by uh, by everything that was happening yeah. there um, during the autopsy. It's uh, that's a he's a troubled little boy. That's for sure. Yeah. Uh, so you I did I did all that the in the uh, beer shaped fridge. Yeah, yeah, I ended up putting them in the, sh- in really? the fridge as well. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. Oh, okay. okay, yeah, because I didn't, I didn't have enough. I, I didn't have any chance of passing okay. that check to, 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 to examine the body more thoroughly. So rather than have Kim take him away straight away, we had the option of going to put the body in the bear shaped <laughs> fridge to keep it, so we could keep <laughs> it along with the ice cream. Yeah. Did you do that, Jim? You so, did that as well, Jim. Yeah, yeah, I, assume, I, I did that. Yeah, put him in the bear shaped, like bear shaped fridge. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I assume because it was a few days further into it that you got the body down, you'd obviously discovered the bear-shaped fridge and all that yeah. was already yeah. available. Okay, because yeah, 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 I hadn't even found yeah. that area yet by the point that I brought them down. So mm. I think it just basically, in looking back on it, I think that it was probably trying to tell me that it's not what I wanted to do because it said something along the lines of, are you absolutely are you sure, sure that you want to, yeah. you can retrieve the body from this point? And I was like, yeah. yes, 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 that's fine. Send it off and... Uh, yeah, there was a couple of things that it meant I then wasn't able to do subsequently. So, so yeah. you don't have the bullet, so you don't know the weapon, the make of the weapon that killed him. No. Okay. Interesting. Uh, interesting. Okay. Whether that find, is important. Did later you find on. the rifle? I have found in, out in the subsequently that there area. was a that there was a shot, and um, and I think it might have been. Now, um, just remind me which one is it? That's the is it shivers. That tells you something that's happening elsewhere. Yeah, on, shivers. Yeah, yeah it yeah. might have been through shivers that it gives me that it gave me a little blurb about during the autopsy and saying that a bullet was discovered. It's something along the lines of, you know, the um, the, uh, the the inspecting officer finds a bullet at you know lodged in the base of their okay. skull or okay. something along those lines. Um, but. That was faster. That was almost a week later that I found that information out. Mm, okay. So you still get the quest to go and find like the traces of gunpowder and where the shot came from and all that. Yes, and I'd wish I'd said no to that because that started to I I that took me off on a bit of a wild goose chase because I yeah. thought that um yeah so there's actually only one of those that you can do at this point, yeah. isn't there? That's yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah, there is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But that bit on on the scene, just, sorry, just one final, just just one word on the autopsy. I mean that that whole scene. I absolutely, I played through that bit three times. I had a save just before it. I just loaded it in just to just to see it again. What I ultimately happens? Loved that bit. Huh? What happens? Just just the field autopsy, the bit the bit that you see. Okay. Yep, yep. I mean, just I just did you you're patting the victim's head. And as he's talking to the dead body and the interaction with Kim, it's absolutely golden, that bit. I'll never, ever forget that section of the game. I thought it was just and wonderful. You're going to have to explain a bit more then because it was nothing special for me, but but I, I didn't do it the same way you guys did. I just did, did everything out there just uh, besides uh, well, next to Kuno. I, I didn't drag him to the fridge and all that. So it was quite a kind of quickly over. I got the bullet out of the, of the body 
and and that's pretty much it. Same for me, yeah. See, for me, I did the first bit in uh, mm-hmm. next to Kuno, and he's getting all excited about the <laughs> fact that you can touch the penis and whatnot. He said, he's going to touch it, he's going to touch it. <laughs> yeah. I, and the fact it gave you the option to touch the penis, it's like, <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to assume that nobody did. So it we'll r- reminds on. me of uh, uh, this get- game being dark sometimes. Did you actually get all the details from Glashe about when he died? Okay. Yeah, yeah, about yeah the exact moment. Yes, of, and and what yeah. they were doing at that exact moment and where he was. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I really, yeah. I really like that bit because it, it felt yeah, like um, oh, the the Batman Arkham Asylum games. You know where it sort of it it superimposes like the shot of the like the the track mm, of yeah. the gun yeah. and uh, yeah. the bullet and yes. everything else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so that's exactly like the bit with the car crash, which I I didn't exactly. get the bit for the mm. car yeah. crash. This was the first time yeah. that I'd seen that. Yeah. So it goes all Sherlock, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah. And you can you can see the the possible trajectories, and he goes, yeah, well, it could have come from there, and he's working it all out in his head. That's it, yeah. But on the autopsy, Mads, I think I probably seen the most of it. I would have seen what you did in that the interaction with Kim and the body, and as he's going through all the various questions and all the various possibilities, depending on your skills, that will come up. I don't know. I just really, really found that bit. The just the. The dialogue between the body and and Harry and Harry and Kim, it just really, really hit hit me. I just really enjoyed it. And then we take the body away to the fridge, don't we, Jim? Yeah. Because we we did. And then I went back to the body once I got my interfacing skill up. I put the rubber gloves on, got my modifiers, and then you get this other section of the autopsy. Then where he's reaching into the corpse to put. Oh, and I'm like hanging on every word of it. It's asking thing. you if you want to reach deeper and and, mm. and all the rest of it. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so maybe yeah. I got a reach different kind of story there because I had the rubber gloves on from the get go. I I thought I was, I, okay. I thought I needed yeah. those two to even handle the body and get it down from the tree there. But uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Mads that that was part of maybe passing the check. There was one way of doing it where I think that you could. I was sick twice and then put some rubber gloves on and then it basically, as long as I did, I think I had to put the gloves on to be able to progress on the branch that I was on. So maybe that was the case that we, maybe we had to have the, the gloves on. Yeah, I think maybe I, I tried to put the gloves on and I grabbed his legs and tried to, to like drag him down. To pull the boots yeah, off. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah, he said, yeah, if you, if you keep pulling, his head's going to go off. Okay, we'll probably stop <laughs> then. <laughs> Did anyone have the conversation with the body while it was still yeah. hanging from the tree? Yeah. 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 Oh, okay, cool, yeah. yeah. I think I, I only I had a conversation when it, when it was down on the ground, but yeah. Hmm. I, I I was cradling the body, stroking his head. Kuno was going off his absolute rocker. Yeah, Kim's like, "What what are you doing?" <laughs> like, just just stroking him. And then did you <laughs> did you tell Classy later on that you were stroking his head? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. She loved it. <laughs> yeah. Probably, yeah. She, she, she definitely fancies Harry as well, doesn't she? There's definitely some sexual mm. chemistry. Well, I think she's a, she's attracted to broken men. I think isn't she? So <laughs> it could be. He's uh, he's he fits that mold. Mm. So what do we know then? So we end up we end up finding out that Clashia, we we have the conversation with Clashia. We found out that when she came down to the whirling after he was shot, Ruby, who you know, I was a little bit at this point saying, "Well, hang on a minute, I've been working for the last twenty seven and a half hours to find out who what's going on here." 
Now, Ruby has never been mentioned. And now all of a sudden, Ruby's kind of put into the story in a pretty big way. I was a little bit like, well, I don't really care about Ruby because I don't know who she is. Yeah. So Clasha comes down. Ruby seems to know what's going on. Ruby very calmly says, okay, well, we'll go up and sort it out. And then what we fa- what we know, again, guys, stop me if, if your experience is different or you think I'm getting this wrong. But what we now know is that the Hardy boys faked the hanging. They, they faked the hanging to make it look like he'd he he, he hanged himself mm-hmm. so as to protect No, Ruby. they faked the hanging to look like they hanged him, not that he hanged himself. But did they do that for political capital because it would have looked good for them to have hanged? No, because they a, thought a, that nobody would come in like there that. in their hood and uh, arrest all of them. So that's why they all went out there and hanged him. Because... But why? Who were they going to? Because Ruby didn't shoot the, or did she? So shoot? that's that's what we, we don't, don't know, know yet. Of course, no. Okay, but yeah, I, I got this the impression they did it for for safety in numbers. Yeah, exactly. yeah to protect. Yeah, because I think you though. get to challenge eventually <laughs> when you eventually get out of into the conversation with Titus, which takes a t- took a lot longer for me than anybody else. But you do get the option so, of basically saying to him, I think something along those lines, isn't it? And you that sort of you're you're in with him if you like, is you can say to him, it was that you know which which would you do? Would you uh, you yeah. know do you want do you want to be trialed? Do you want to be tried as um, I forget what was the legal term that he used um, as a, like as a mob? Do you want to be tried as a mob? Mm. Yeah, yeah. Or would yeah. you rather be tried for a cold blooded murder and you know basically yeah. splitting him and Ruby, trying to drive a wedge between him and Ruby, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. yeah. Andy, have your catharsis. Tell us, tell us what happened and how you almost hit the brick wall. <laughs> yeah. So it, you know, it 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 took so long and involved so much in game time that I, I'm going to struggle to recall it all. But it, basically, what it comes down to is what I've hinted at already is that I completely misunderstood how to use the skill point system, how to pass white checks, and. I basically did everything to put the odds against me, I think, to get to this point. But it does raise quite an important point, which I still maintain, having done a bit of reading on Reddit, that it it must be possible, unless there's something that I'm not aware of, it must be possible to effectively soft-lock your progress. Because what happened was, by the time I got to Titus and the point at which you're trying to get Titus to... um, I forget what the actual... What was the name of the actual check? It was the one where uh, make Titus give us Ruby's location is is, is yeah, what it's actually one, yeah. entitled, isn't it? Yeah. So I got there. I was at that point on the Thursday on in game time. So what's that day yeah, four? Like day four. Uh, it was the evening of Sunday in game time that I actually was able to <laughs> pass that, and I wasn't doing anything else in the game. So it basically took oh, almost four games game of in, in-game time, three full days of in-game time to do it. Oh, so the problem was God. that while I got there, I think because I'd been under-investing in Logic and... Now let me think, what was the other one? There was Logic and there was Rhetoric. So I don't know if it yeah. changes based on what your your build is at that point but basically in order to get in order to give yourself a way into the conversation i think it was rhetoric that you needed yeah so i tried that check and failed it because my rhetoric was non-existent and yeah. so there was very limited other side quests that i had still available to me and there was really 
not much else in the world for me to do at that point because this was on the Thursday. I'd been doing quite a lot of these side quests as I went along. Yeah. So I'd really I'd used up all my skill points as I was as I was getting them. So I I struggled to go off and find some other bits and bobs that I could do. I think the other main side quest I could do was this one that involves the the church and uh, whichever route you take with it. I I basically ended up helping the the ravers start up their nightclub. But um, I basically needed to get another skill point, which I did. Came back and I got past the check that time. I think which then unlocked the stage two in the conversation or the confrontation yeah. with Titus. And I think for that yeah. one, it required logic. And because my logic was was one point, um, right, okay. I rolled and failed it. Now, mm. as I'm saying all this, of course, a sensible thing to do would have been to have saved it and to have just retried it. And I remember right back at the start of the game, we all talked about how it was possible to die in the first room and save regularly. Yeah. Interesting enough, after that initial point where I got out of that first room, yeah. I didn't ever really concern myself with saving it from that point onwards. I, I thought yeah. I didn't really feel particularly threatened at any point or I didn't no. get into the habit of doing any save scumming. So I'm still on my first life at the moment at this point. Yeah. And so I just kept going through the game, no issues at all. And what I always thought at the back of my head was that, although it's frustrating, is that all I'll do is I'll just kind of go back out into the world each time I find, each time I fail a check, and I'll yeah. do some side missions, or I will do whatever it takes. I'll have some more conversations, and I'll just keep get building up some XP, and then I'll get another skill point. And I think because up until that point, there'd been enough to do that you were leveling up fairly regularly. But yeah. what I find out to my cost was that. I guess there's a limited number of XP within the world because you can only get it through either completing side quests or from having conversations. And you so you can't grind. No, exactly that. And so that was one of my misconceptions. I probably should have picked up on that earlier on in this game because that's really I was thinking I've got a very limited experience of this type of game. So any other ones well, I've got, I've, you've always just been able to go out and find some sort of confrontation or something that will get you, there, there's, there's effectively a, an infinite supply out there. Whereas I, I don't think there is, I can't get a definitive answer on this, but I don't think there is. No. So to be I, fair though, you don't expect to get to a point in a game like this, which is so narrative driven where you can't progress. No, especially, especially because it was a white check. So I thought, yeah. It's not. My understanding was that the reds could be a deal, you know, a game breaker. But the whites, yeah, they're just I think it's the other way around, actually. Okay, isn't it? In the end, I think that's what I thought. But I think the red checks there's always an alternative. Okay. Whereas this this white check was a wall, which if you hadn't have, you, I mean, you'd done it eventually after how many failed? Checks? Yeah. So ultimately, it got to the point where I went and got another skill point, came back and just tried. It was partly my fault, I guess. Is I, each time I got the point, I would just come straight back, put the point in. I would have the conversation with him to see which one I needed to add it to. Back yeah. out of the conversation, add the point, re-roll, fail. <laughs> and that happened on the third. And then by the fourth time, which is the one that I'm prior to the one that I sent you the screenshot of, I was on, I think, on 85% yeah. at that point rolled it and failed it. it and i was like oh, <laughs> God. What, what is happening like literally what because it and it had taken i think it took me about a day and a half of in-game time to to earn that last skill point oh, and i thought God. i i don't know where else i can go in the world to to get these points and so yeah, well, what, what i ended up having to do up. which was it was really frustrating actually was that i almost had to go Starting with um, Everard Clear, so kind of in the north yeah, of the island. Top of the map. I, I, yeah. I just worked my way down, just zigzagged my way down the map. 
um, speaking to everybody, but ultimately having to click through every dialogue option. Oh, that's every that time that there, there was one that was still uh, that that hadn't been blanked out, if you like, click the ones that were yeah. still lit. Yeah. And then, so the ones that you hadn't gone through first time yeah, around, or yeah, yeah. But then, what you're having to remember is that some of these are quite they're sort of multi-branched, aren't they? Yeah. And so, quite, Long if you didn't get any, any XP, you then have to come back into the conversation and sometimes click through three darker ones to then get back to an option yeah. that was that was still lit and click yeah. that. And I basically had to do that with every single person on the island. Uh. Just um, to pick to, up like five XP to here, to pick and up five, five at a time. There. Yeah, and in the end, oh the best God. ones that I got were there was the dice maker who was in the. Yeah, yeah. I, I'd, I'd only had a limited conversation with her prior to that, and I think I managed to get about fifteen or twenty. But beyond that, it was you were literally scavenging to try and find, and you got it was literally you were getting five at a time. There was nothing else. I And this is what I was wanting to speak to you guys about. I, are you aware of anything else that you can do that would have... No. That would have... No. Um, I, I just can't believe you had the patience No, to, I was just to about to it. say it's that you've got the patience, patience of a saint. Well, yeah, I think it's because I, I was think at, I think I it was at 34 it. hours of game time at this point, and I just thought, I'm just not willing to accept that I'm basically... <laughs> that I can Locked progress having I mean, put this amount of time in. And I just thought also that... It's the sunk cost the fallacy. hasn't... The, the 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 game hasn't told me, or it hasn't indicated that I can't progress. So the, there yeah. must and, and right enough in my in my circumstances there were. So what happened was that I managed to find another skill point, went back, and this time I did save it just right before I took this check, mm. and I thought if nothing else I will just it does kind of go it would great, but I thought I, I will just reload this as many times as I need to. But this is the one yeah. I took the screenshot of you guys for where I had a ninety seven percent chance of success. Uh, plus seven on the modifier, so there was four plus ones and one plus three on the modifier. Rolled the dice and I failed it. That's and unbelievable! I, and I just thought, this is broken. This is just this is <laughs> is this part of the game's design where mm. it's deliberately trying to do this because it's supposed so to be such a. Did you have to load it back in then? Pardon me. Did you have to load the game back in? So no, you failed the night because luckily enough, because I'd saved it. But what happened this time around was having failed it. And it actually gave me the option the previous time as well was that you could say to Kim, because you're, I think it was a logic check, you could basically say to him, Kim, I'm struggling here. Can you take it? Oh, um, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it allowed me to do that yeah. on the fourth time, but the options that it then subsequently generated weren't enough for me to break Titus. So oh, all it did was unlock that option again. And the next, I think on the next dialogue option, there was another one that still let Kim take the lead. And he basically suggested something else to Titus that then gave you this in. And from that point onwards, I wasn't quite so concerned at this point because I thought I've got I've got my save just before this. So yeah. I will either just reload and re-roll it or I will just reload and I'll just go through all the dialogue options until I pass it. But um, like I say, that was so that was ultimately that took, I think, over five hours of real world time. And that was on the Thursday night in-game time. And then it was Sunday in game time that, that I ultimately passed this check and that that's all I was doing. Mate, that is Do you know what though? You shouldn't have to have done that. No, I completely agree. Is, I, I completely it's agree. It's a massive flaw in the game. Why haven't they patched that out? The fact that that can happen. And you should not get to a point in a narrative game like that where you can be soft locked out, out from progressing. Well the only thing I thought was that I don't know if it's possible because as it I think I maybe even took a screenshot of it. 
there, there, there was a point. So once I'd got that, once I'd got, I'd got basically in through through Kim, there yeah. was still, it, it said at the top, and I think it maybe came under, I think it might have been under suggestion that it came up. It said, be careful about what you say because you can still fail this. So I okay. think had I chosen the wrong options there, I potentially would have failed that again. And yeah, I and don't you, yeah. think because I can't think of anywhere else there that I would have got any more X. I wouldn't, there might have been five or 10, 15 points between various conversations, but there certainly wasn't a hundred left in the mm. world. Definitely not. And the other thing that I thought would have been quite useful to have at that point, especially by this time was, uh, and I'm just comparing it to Final Fantasy VII because that's my only sort of thing that I do have experience opposite. You've a got dungeon. the option the option on there to press select that then highlights everything that's interactable in the world, isn't there? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I, I was, I, I spent my entire time, I basically spent four days running around, which I only find out afterwards you can do it by holding the right mouse key down as well. Right but, mouse button, uh, yeah, that's yeah. right. So uh, Yeah, right mouse button. So I basically ran around holding the tab key the entire time. I thought, why am I doing this? Surely there should just be an option to toggle on or off things that you can interact mm. with because mm-hmm. I was just running around every part of the map trying to find things yeah. that I could interact with that might, and occasionally every time an orb, and that's what I was saying, Mads, that's why I wish I'd had the thought that you had where the every time an orb appeared yeah. it would give you one xp yeah. because I, I i must have i don't know how many of those must have appeared at various points while i was trying to yeah. while i was trying to cobble together this last <laughs> 100 xp but it would have been enough to have given me that extra 15 or 20 i guess that i would have needed but uh we got well mate, the, main, the main thing is dedication. we got there in the end yeah uh, unbelievable yeah. Yeah. you know well done I wouldn't have had the patience. Up until that, (laughs) I I, I was really close to not having the patience, I have to say, because it it was just out of sheer stubbornness more than anything else. And it was partly out of curiosity as well, as I thought, you know, we're not, and I said to you guys, I'm basically, I'm good to record at any point, but uh, I'll I'll, I'll just keep plodding on and see see if there's a way around this. And uh, fortunately there was. So, you know, testament to the game, there was seemed to be some suggestion on a Reddit forum, which means that it's probably completely false. But there was there seemed to be some suggestion. There was somebody who said they were on game, they were on day fifteen in game and still didn't have the body down. And oh, there was somebody else that suggested that something might happen on day seven that advances the story anyway. So I don't know what that was referring mm. to. But the, the the main thing seemed to be that even having it got past that and Google it prior to this show is that there didn't seem to be a definitive answer out there on whether or not you can lock yourself out of the game. Um, yeah, I think the consensus that I've read is that you can. And a word of warning, guys, there is a check right at the start of where we're about to go next because we've all reached the same point where now our next objective is to is to basically find mm. Ruby. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're all about to do now. There is a point when you look at the mural on the side of the fell building, it's a red check, and you must pass it. It's a shivers red check. So it, it, it is possible that if you don't pa- if you can't pass that you cannot progress. So are we talking safe before and safe scum? Yeah, and it, it's so mm. sad that yeah. you have to do that because this this game is one that you should just embrace. It talks about embrace and failure. Yeah. And it's okay to fail because there's other ways mm. around it. The fact that there are any kind of cliff edges like this really actually Yeah, I love this game. This for me to I'd go as far as say it's one of my favourite games of all time, and that I don't ban that out. You know, this is up there with Super Mario Galaxy, 
Final Fantasy VII for me. Wow. I absolutely adore mm. this game. Adore so much about it. But it's been probably knocked off that pedestal by your story, Andy, and by the fact that I know that we can get to a point where you just might simply have to start again. Yeah. yeah. And that wow. just seems wrong in but this I've had game. the completely yeah. opposite experience of you, Andy, because I've never been in doubt of what to do. And that's actually, no, that, that's that been haven't. some, some of the evenings I've been playing this, I've been having a hard time stopping because I, I always knew what I had to do. So I'd yeah. always play like, I just fix this, I can fix this and I'll play for an hour or two long every single time. Because as I said, in the lock, if you just go there and look at what you're supposed to do next, it actually spells it out completely for you so that you, you're never in any way in doubt of what to do. So, and I've been lucky enough with my checks, I guess. So, so it hasn't been a problem for me. It's it's been, it's been like reading a book, uh, just just going through that story. I think I've actually uh, yeah, online think- uh, on our chat. I, I at some point said that uh, sometimes I prefer if I had just been reading a book because then I'd only be reading the interesting stuff instead of all of the going through the motions of this game. So, uh, reading a detective story yeah. would actually sometimes be more fun than going through this. The game's definitely at its best when you're when you've you're, you're on the you've picked up the scent and you're well and truly on the yeah, trail and the critical path. But it is quite enjoyable. Where it, it's good to have maybe that little bit of fluff around mm. it, the odd red herring or the odd bit that makes you feel more like a detective in the sense that there's times where there's various conversations you have and you realize actually this isn't important and then you pick up the trail and you're off again and that's that's the the, the satisfying or the most satisfying parts for me have been each point where you have got all the information that you need and you're on your way to you know you're walking towards the check that you're about to go and take and you you know that you've got everything that you need to pass it that's kind of when you're when you're fully prepared for it that's when it's at its best and then yeah yeah, as you say the the parts where, where that's not happening that's when it i i think it starts to maybe show it's a little bit uh, it feels a bit a bit thin in places, but it, just one thing that we haven't mentioned up until this point, and it's one of the one of the things that probably kept me hanging in for that five or six hours was the music in the game. The music is incredible; yeah. it's so good. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah it's good one, shout. Yeah, uh, given that there's probably only what five, six different pieces of music. Mm. Yeah, well, there's twenty eight pieces on really? the soundtrack. Right. Okay. Different variations. I've not noticed that many more. in the game though. Yeah. You'll, you, you, you'll spend a very large majority of time listening to five or six yeah. Yeah. Up, up, up until the point of where we've stopped at the moment, isn't it? That's, That's yeah. it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But they, 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 they're not... Uh, I didn't find any of them... I, I, I quite enjoyed listening as you moved around the island and you, you knew which one was it was about to transition into and you thought, oh, yeah, yeah. Kind of, I, like, I like listening to each one. So that, that, that made a big difference. Did anybody get Resi save room vibes from the track that plays in the shack that you get in the fishing village to sleep in? No, I've not. But I've not slept it. in there. This is the one where you find um, you lift up the floorboard. Is that the one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, what do you I, mean I, you've not slept in there. I, where are you? Are you paying to sleep in the hotel then? You? Um, how are you? Where are you sleeping? So she said I can sleep in there, but I've not slept in there yet. So are you going back to the hotel? No, I've not bought a, a room for that night. Oh, really? Yeah, oh, yeah. So, so this is... I am, I am about two thirds of the way through day four. Okay. Um, 
where I've where I've saved it, Kim's gone. So he's he's. I, I chose to arrest Clasher. You arrested Clasher. You cold hearted, <laughs> brutal cop. Arrested yeah, she's her. She's gonna die now. Yeah, she's gone. Kim's took her to prison. So I'm on my own at the moment. Is that because she knocked you back right at the start? <laughs> oh, I don't know. Yeah, maybe subconsciously. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, she's doing. What was it? Two to ten in the pen now. <laughs> big meanie pants. What's under the floorboards in that hut? Uh, was it was it a bullet? Yeah. It's a bullet. Yeah. yeah. Okay, I yeah. don't think I a single bullet. Yeah, which it. presumably is Ruby's exit. I think the washerwoman says, doesn't she, mm. that it's a, or Kim says, I think it looks like an exit yeah. strategy. That's it, yeah. Which yeah. And is that the but only yeah, did, bullet uh, that you've got in your inventory? Is that why you've only got or is that separate to that? Does that show up as an item or does that show up as your as as your ammo? Uh, it shows up. There, there are separate bullets. It's separate. Okay, yeah, so I, I, I wasn't able to. Device. I wasn't able to. I haven't discovered that floorboard there. I, I was. I've never been given the option. This is. We're talking about the hut that you sleep in, and you can shave yeah. and stuff. Yeah. I. I. There's nothing that. There's nothing else appearing in there. I've got a mirror. I've got the shave stand, and I've got my bed, and that's it. Hmm. Yeah. So that's pretty much it then. That's where we leave it. Just one final thing that we've done. We've all got our gun, yeah, from Pigs? Yeah. Yep. We, all, we all did that? Yes. That bit, I played that before I started work on Friday morning last week, Tuesday evening now, and at quarter to nine in the morning, I'm sitting in front of my computer crying, literally tears rolling down my face. I, I found that bit heartbreaking with that old woman the last line she says to you as she walks away is, please leave the radio on. Honestly, like even now thinking about it, I can feel... Because she's suffering from... She's got, um, dementia. She's got yeah. dementia, hasn't yeah. she? And, and you please can... Please leave the radio on. Honestly, it broke my heart in one go. And you can when you speak to Titus, you can send the Hardys, can't you, to go yeah. and get yeah. her to, to look after her. Yeah. Well, well, I'd already finished. I've finished now with with Titus. I've oh, ended. Okay. So I've. So I did that. That was the very last thing I did before I I stopped. Was go and get my gun, and then I'm sitting there with tears rolling down my face, and then I robbed her. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> I stole the speed, and I stole the lieutenant's cap from her, and I thought. She's literally just broken my heart because I feel so sorry for her. And now I've just stolen the clothes off her back. Oh, it's what atrocious. kind of cop am I? Yeah, a bad one. A very bad one. That's what it is. Cause I'm a the, bad um, that, uh, I, It really made me jump that sequence because I don't know what I had in my head, but it was I wasn't expecting that encounter. So when I talked about the boardwalk, I thought they were mm. meaning out by, you know, where the guy, you find yeah. the guy who's, did you do that side yeah, quest where it's the missing husband yeah. at... Slipped oh, yeah, and yeah. killed himself. Yeah, that was really sad as well. Actually, when you had to go and uh, break yeah, the news to his wife. But yeah, when, he, was, when he said yeah. the boardwalk, I was expecting that was where, like literally out on the pier there was where you were going to meet that person. And so I was just running at full speed, and then obviously the screen just juddered to a halt, and this siren yeah. started, and the flashing lights and everything. Yeah. And I thought, wait, what yeah. a second, what on earth is this? And then I think no matter which, I had a let's say a very high authority and and a, and a very high. A speed of core as well, so right. that was kind of the line that I was trying to take with her. Was it, yeah, it yeah. said basically, uh, I, I, I basically pretended to be her commanding officer or her superior yeah, yeah, officer, yeah. 
and uh, it worked for a little while, but then obviously she had uh, another turn and and then said, "No, no, no, you're you're an imposter, and yeah. this is what this this is this is what you would this is what you would say if you were if you if you were trying to trick me or whatever." And then she ultimately did she try and shoot you guys? Yes. No. Right. Yeah, yeah, I think she did. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So she tried to shoot me, but the yeah the gun wasn't mm. loaded. But up until that point, I whilst I was getting a bit further into this conversation, there was initially I thought I've got this under control because I see my authority was very high, and so was the speed of corner. There was quite a few options that I was giving her that she seemed to be responding to well. And then, as I say, she just took this turn, and then I realised that wait one second, I'm not going to get this back under control here. And I was thinking at that point, actually, when did I last save this? Because yeah, <laughs> uh, I'm going to die yep. here. <laughs> but uh, this is going to shoot me. Yeah, let's you know on that. It was so cool in that bit because my visual calculus told me that the gun wasn't loaded. Ah, but I was awesome. also carrying the multi-tool because I'd just opened a container and got some swag from, from somewhere. Is this the, so the, just the, the giant to, multi-tool? The big, yeah. massive it's multi-tool. It's so funny when yeah. you get given that. It's yeah. like it goes into your inventory and you think it's just going to be something that you'll hold in his hand. And so you arm yeah. it with it. And then it goes. you go back, obviously, into the game. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's like a golf so bag. It's like a golf bag that he's dragging around with him. <laughs> but... It gave me the option of dropping it, and to drop it, it would startle her. So I think Kim said, "If you Kim whispered to me, if you drop that tool, you'll mm. startle her." Right. And so I did, and she startled, and then I grabbed the gun off her. Okay, nice. Um, and that's how I that's how I defused it, which I thought was really mm. cool because obviously most people wouldn't be carrying the multi tool when you go into that conversation. Very so true. That so yeah, 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 yeah. That's it, quite cool. Yeah, it opened up that option for me. But yeah. yeah, I just thought I'd get that in there because it. Yeah, I found that bit pretty, pretty harrowing, pretty powerful, and then hilarious that I, I then was able to rob her. Um, so, guys, this is the stage and post. Welcome to the stage and post. Before we wrap up, I just want to read a bit of correspondence we've had from our good Discord member Dark Aries, who's a massive fan of this game. Oh, cool! He did want to record. He wanted to record something, but his his poor microphone failed him. So. Um, which is uh, ironic in a game like this, actually, that maybe he failed one of his checks. <laughs> um, anyway, he sent in the following, and I'm going to read it. He says, I didn't get a decent gaming PC until 2020, and as such, Disco Elysium was not a game that was on my radar upon its release in 2019. However, it's been sitting in my Steam backlog since 2020, so the podcast was a great excuse to dig it out. Good man. Disco Elysium is my type of CRPG, with a variety of skill checks that are persuasion-based, the main mechanic of the game being the conversation. Using this as a weapon and a way to do damage is an innovative way to do a game, and I am more than happy to spend most of my game time in dialogue. The enemies are not only those that you see before you, however, as despite how many skill points you may place in a skill set, your mind turns against you, and going with your highest attribute, and worse yet, trusting what it says to you is definitely not a good idea in both the short and long run leading to some hilarious yet unhelpful outcomes. I think we've explored some of them. <laughs> the second good point is the game screen itself. Movement is not cumbersome, despite the game being a point-and-click with no point-and-click mats, with no controller support on the horizon, and it perhaps even being a detriment. We will have to see with the console ports later this year. Another revolutionary idea is doing away with the bottom screen interface, instead with the option at least to have most of your menu layout on the right on the right-hand side. The game definitely does not hold your hand with everything and everyone against you with bin maxing almost impossible, leaving this as an RPG in the truest sense of being able to roll yourself as opposed to someone dropped into the world with a complex backstory. 
This in turn leads to the one downside so far, being the protagonist with the Amnesiac MC leading to one of two trope outcomes, either being super overpowered or the killer all along. Mm. Fingers crossed the game won't let me down with this overarching plot, however, we will find out as the game progresses. So that was, he has finished the game, but that was his thought up to the point that we we were Mm. playing too. So we've got some plot still to uncover. We don't mm. really know who killed the 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 guy. I forget his name. The Krenel guy. We we know that Ruby's involved somehow. She's also the lady driver from the from the from the drug smuggling and, operation. And she appears to know Harry as well because when she found out that yes. Harry was there, she she offed it. She liked yeah. it. Yeah, because yes. he's got this reputation said, of him or being a man to she? fear, isn't he? That he's That's the guy it, who gets yeah. the job done. So yeah, yeah. There's obviously some previous there. Mm. There's going to be a massive plot twist, I think, involving who Harry is and what he's done and who his wife was. And out of interest, yes. Did you guys try phoning using that phone on the boardwalk? Yes. Yeah, and did yeah. you speak to his wife? It wasn't his wife. Is it not his wife? It was no. just a random yeah. person. For me, it was, didn't it? The so, lady in the church explains why. So you have something to do with the distortion of the pale, right? So this is after. So there's that payphone, and you, you you need to use it about four or five times. Oh no, I'm talking about the phone, and um, I'm talking about the the door intercom, uh, the buzzer. Yeah, the no. So area. you know how there's the phone at the bottom of the boardwalk. Yeah. Um, I did it twice. Right. So if you do it four or five, I was basically this is when I was trying everything. Um, if you do that four or five <laughs> times, it gives you the option of saying, do you want to dial a random number? And he puts in a few digits the first time and then nothing happens. And it says, do you want to... And then it, I think it maybe Or nothing happens. And it says, do you want to put in more money? And he put in more money. It says, do you want to put in again? And he puts in a few more numbers. And then it says something along the lines of, there seems to be... There's something in your muscle memory here, George, and you put in more money. And I think on about the fourth or fifth time, uh, he just dials about a nine or ten digit number that's I think it's a long distance call. And it says, I'm 99% certain it's his wife. It's because she answers. And uh, you've you've woken her up in the middle of the night and you have this long conversation and it's all about how um, it doesn't really... There's obviously... There was some in fact it must be his ex-wife because or wife ex-wife because yeah there's all sorts of um things that she starts to allude to about his behavior and um why 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 he went away or you know who left who this type of stuff Mm. uh and it's now at the point where if if i go back to that phone and it it got it comes to a culmination and i think i probably clicked some of the wrong it'd be really interesting to know if there were if there are correct dialogue options if there was a good outcome to it, if you like, because it got to the point where it, it's quite heartbreaking, actually. And I think you basically it comes to the point where your your only option you're left with one option, and it's something along the lines of um, I, I forget, and it's something like I, 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 this is me saying goodbye or whatever, and uh, he hangs up, and then I think you lose one on your morale when you hang up, and then now when I go up to that phone, you can't even pick it up anymore and all this sort of stuff. So it's, uh, yeah, that was that was a very interesting part, that one. Is it going to make me cry again? <laughs> Potentially. Yeah, quite possibly. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's quite, it is quite, uh, it's quite heartbreaking. There's just, that, that obviously that he realises he's just a massive screw up and that there's just, it's caused so many, uh, it's just caused him so many issues in his life and he's not, 
and he's caused so many other people issues as well. It's uh, is if if, 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 you, if there's a way for you to have the conversation, definitely do it. Uh, but as I say, okay. I think you just I'll need to you that. just need to persevere. And I think you put in about four or five, you dial it up about four or five times, and then eventually you get through. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's all do that, and then we can we will. I've, I've just added a note now for next time that mm. we'll 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 revisit that, and we'll let you know whether it worked out the same way. Yeah, cool. But I honestly don't think we've got a lot of game time left, guys. I mean, we are once you go into that fell building, that's the point of no return in the game. You can't then go back to do side quests, and so you've got unfinished business with your ravers, Andy. You need to you need to it's finish all done. off that nightclub. Oh, is, you're it, done. Is, it is absolutely banging in there right now. So there is. <laughs> There's nothing else that I can add to that nightclub. It will, uh, yeah, it's uh, it will it will look after itself from this point onwards. Don't you worry. Anadic dance music all the way, baby. Yeah, come if you on. build it, they will come. And so it's to the uh, mega. They're shouting oh, out all sorts of uh, random phrases as we speak with the uh, the lights going, and we've got the. I think there was ultimately about four mixes that the track went through as well. So we've got yeah. like we've got the hyper mega version of the track now which has got it's got the added bass and the guitars and everything it's it's good there is no corner of martinez you have not seen <laughs> no it was actually it, it's got it's probably actually been my highlight of the game was uh there's a point where and it was probably where i i really that was a point where it really kind of like solidified my my kind of love and respect for kim is that there's a point where as it gets quite far into that conversation mm. uh andre starts dancing and then he gives you're given the option of, or he tells you, he says, "Do not fancy dancing." And there's a, I think it's a white check. So I think I failed it yeah, twice, I but I was like, it. "There is no way that I'm not going to pass this check." So I basically did whatever <laughs> I had to do to come back in. And then I started dancing, but then it also gives the option to get Kim dancing as well. And it's something along the lines of saying, "You basically say to him, you know." I, I, you know, why don't you join in? And he's like, no, it's not for me type stuff. And mm-hmm. then you kind of, you, you press it a bit more and say, you know, you must have, you, you're, you, you did your time with the youths beforehand when he obviously was undercover or whatever. He's like, yeah, I've still got yeah. some news. And then because I had such, such high authority, you were given the option of saying to him, eh, Kim, this is the one and only time I'm going to give you an order. And I am ordering you as your superior to start dancing. And he does. And it's absolutely awesome. And then the th- it's obviously that video I showed you guys of the three of them just raving away with this, uh, <laughs> the lights and the music. And it just definitely gave some light relief given the, the struggles I was having elsewhere in the game. <laughs> nice one well look on that note let's start to wrap up i just want to plug our our various bits and pieces twitter at playthrough underscore pod facebook we are just playthrough and come and join our discord if you haven't already it's it's pretty cool there's there's lots of combo going on there's people playing through our pilot series dead space there's people playing through metroid and there's a lot of chat still going on around those episodes, so that's really good. If you are playing along with those games, you're not in the Discord, you are missing out on the conversation. So come and join us if you want to. We've got a few more hours left of this, for me anyway, absolutely wonderful experience. I can't wait to see what the story has in in store for us. Any final words, Mads, before we sign uh, off? I'm all good, mate. All good. Andy? On that note there, just where we're talking about the Discord, um, without hijacking your game, can I just say a quick thing about our next one with Call of yes, Duty? Yes, good shout. It's just to say, obviously, to give folk a few weeks' notice because I know that people might be yeah. wanting to pick up copies of the game. So the plan is, 
Series 3, we're going to play Call of Duty 4 Modern Warfare. And to be absolutely clear, there are a couple of options on this. So you can either play the original release, the 2007 version for PS3, Xbox 360 or PC. Or there's also the remaster, not the remake. There's the option of the remaster um, from 2016 on the PS4, Xbox One and PC. So just be absolutely sure it's not the 2019 reboot that was just called Call of Duty Modern Warfare. So Call of Duty 4 Modern Warfare is what we're going to play. And it's quite straightforward. The first episode will just be a straightforward start to finish playthrough of the campaign. And then we'll cover the multiplayer uh, possibly in the f- at the end of the first episode or at some point when we when we get into Call of Duty, we'll clarify how we're going to best play the multiplayer. But if people want to start picking up copies now or testing Xbox 360s and PS3 setups or whatever, now is the time to do so because I guess what, that'll be in about three weeks' time, two, three weeks' time, something like that that we'll move on yeah, to. Yeah, probably. Yeah, I suspect we'll be done with Disco in a couple of weeks for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah, most. get that up and running and uh, keep playing disco. More importantly, finish this one because any, it's... any Thor cabinets in Call of Duty or skills? Skill checks or... <laughs> no, just a... shoot, 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 shooty, shooty, bang, bang. <laughs> shooty, shooty, bang, bang. Well, maybe it'll come as some nice relief yeah. after this. Yeah, Jim. Any any final words before we say goodbye? Final, final words. Back to the shit factory. <laughs> oh, yes! <laughs> I can't wait to play this again. Honestly, I've not played it for like four days now, and I'm so looking forward to it. I'll have to wait till tomorrow now. But yeah, I am I'm super pumped to see how it ends. Yeah, Gentlemen, thank you so much for your contributions. Mads, Andy, and Jim, huge thank you to Dark Aries for his written contribution. If you want to yeah. be featured on the next episode... Listener clips, audio clips, or written clips are equally welcome. And until next time, guys, let's get back to Revishol. See you next time. Cheers. Take Bye. care, all. Thank Bye. you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
Thank you.